man, and sport. A timeless means of entertainment. Some men hit home runs. Others are curb stumped. Some win Cy Youngs. Others get dunked on. Some men become MVPs. Others have 70 saves in a game. But your stats won't matter here. Here we discuss the issues. Search the hearts of men. And judge in vivid detail. Only raw takes will do. This is sports analysis. This is sports unchained. This is Sportico. With it and I know I want to start recording right now. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Let's do it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, uh, I was just saying, you know, it seems like a lot of wrestling fans are, uh, you know, they're wrestling fans and that's kind of their little bubble. And, uh, you know, I, there's always this back and forth argument over whether or not professional wrestling is a sport. And I think that there's a certain amount of wrestling fans who, in a way, don't view it as a sport. You know, it's kind of this little niche thing that they're into. And, uh, you know, they don't really yeah. look at football as, as even comparable so um or, or any sport that's that's understandable and in a in a way that's kind of how i look at it not yeah. overall because it's a sport it, it just is uh here's here's the biggest thing for me like i i just i actually just walked my uh I, I just put my uh kids in the car right before i called you uh that's what took me so long and my son he goes my three-year-old he goes Daddy, we'll be back in time for wrestling. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, he don't know what day it is because, uh, yeah, we'll watch NXT, which is ironic. There is wrestling on today. And it took us a real long time to get us wrestling on Wednesday. Yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah, you know, decades even. But, you know, I, I'm like, man, I actually really been grooming him since he was born to be a wrestling fan. Now him and his brother wrestle. He knows Daniel Bryan's music and stuff like that. So, um, since, you know, that young age, I'm going to, I'm also going to give him an appreciation for it because M uh, it's a combat sport and MMA and boxing are things you could absolutely get killed doing. And yeah. so it's professional sports, you know, and that's been quite a, quite a few deaths in professional yeah. sports. And we talk in ring too. I, yeah. I would say that there's more in ring sport, uh, uh, pro wrestling deaths. Than any than than boxing and MMA combined, just easily, easily. Oh, I'd say oh, yeah. in the past, yeah, in the past couple years even. And then you know, when you start looking at all the out of the cage drama, you have know, got guys like Bruiser Brody. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's just yeah, oh, shit, I don't even. Yeah, that's if if you if you even if you go back and think about uh, Classy Freddie Blassie, and he was stabbed like twenty one different times. You know, yeah, that don't happen in MMA. Like the close we got was that Connor stuff. 
And when you look at it, it was child's play. Yes, they threw yeah. cross, whatever. But like getting stabbed, okay. We can even look at we can even look at uh, a, a guy that might be little known to you, but Wade Barrett. He was oh, actually yeah. the I think the last king of the ring, and he got his he his nose is like horribly disfigured, and he it got that way because he had a bare knuckle uh, boxing uh, reputation. And the last time he like he won a tournament and he like a dude stabbed the shit out of him, and he has like he still has a scar from where the guy stabbed him, but he yeah. walked away with his prize money. <laughs> I uh I remember Wade Barrett. I was I was a hardcore wrestling fan from the time I was four, which was you know probably the late nineties to uh, until probably like two thousand twelve or so. That's when I kind of started to drift out of it. But I, I probably never missed a Raw or a pay per view from okay. probably like ninety eight till two thousand twelve. I was uh, I was hard hardcore into it. Oh, so, so you I, just wait, you just waiting, man. You just uh they they can get you back. Yo, yeah, no, I, I'm always like I, I'll always. I, I can't imagine a time in my life where like if you bring up pro wrestling, I'll have zero interest in hearing what you have to say. You know what I mean? Like it's just always something that. I mean, it was the first thing I ever fell in love with as a kid. I, I went to a friend's house, and uh, I, 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 it was some combination of of, of Triple H, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I'd be lying if I told you, but uh, I do remember the first time I watched Raw, and I remember going home and telling my parents about it. And I mean, shit, I was. Much to my parents' dismay, I was I was hooked for for most of my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, that's the the good the good part about it is uh, wrestling is something you can always come back to. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't look at the WWE. Yes, they have ties to Saudi Arabia, you know, and that's as bad as that is, and as bad as that is, <clears throat> they still have a home. Like it's still a family. It's still a place where you know Stone Cold can come back and. To be honest with you, I think that's where they wanted Hulk Hogan when he came back. They wanted him in that type of spot, but uh, Stone Cold was the one that kind of took it because people love him better. And you know, Hogan's done some stuff that you know most people just won't let him back from. Yeah. Luckily, he hadn't get food yet. So, and that's the thing about Hulk Hogan is that you know I'm personally I'm a Hulk Hogan fan again just because he was always the guy growing up. But uh, he, he his image was was just so wholesome. You know, he was like take yeah. your vitamins, say your prayers. And I think, you know, there, there's going to be a certain amount of people that might forgive the actual words that Hulk Hogan used. But I think it, regardless of how you felt about him, when that came out, I mean, not only did he say what he said, but it was in the middle of a sex tape. You know what I'm saying? I think it right. just, it just <laughs> yeah. blew. <laughs> yeah. it, it totally changed my opinion of Hulk Hogan. And, and again, I, I'll always love the character. But the individual, it's just yeah, it's, Terry Bollea. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> and and it, it's you know, I didn't really separate the two until that stuff happened. And then it was like, oh, he's not really Hulk Hogan. You know, he's not that guy that he always. Yeah. And that's disappointing. But uh, it's I, reality. <clears throat> you know, I um, I actually was on a deep dive with Richard Fans. You know, we talked about the torch earlier. Uh, and actually, that's probably where you get us might get me and Sean Radican mixed up because. Uh, Rich Fan and Sean Radigan work really closely now. Like they did anyway, but like they really work really closely now covering other things. So that might have also been the mix up. But uh, I was on a deep dive with him, and that was the first first time I was ever on any platform like this. And that mm-hmm. was what we discussed first. He said, "You pick the topic," and I said, "I want to talk about Hulk Hogan because he he didn't Hulk Hogan apologized in a terrible way." It was like the worst apology ever. I didn't know I was being recorded. Well, that's not saying you're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so, but 
like I said with WWE, with the horrible things they have done to people and the connection through the connections they have, Hulk Hogan is a guy who said, eat your vitamins and all of that stuff. And I did that stuff. And I never, ever touched drugs. And still people ask me to this day, oh, man, you never even smoked weed? I said, no. I never had any interest in it because Hulk Hogan said, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so did Mr. T. And I was like, yeah, fuck drugs. <laughs> you know? Exactly. The dare campaign worked, man. I am living proof. I mean, yes, do I drink socially? Sure, but not enough to, like, slam my homie's wife or nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty Sorry, much the same way. <laughs> you know, look. I mean, he won that. He won that lawsuit, by the way. He, yeah, he did. He put Gawker out of business because he shouldn't have been taped. <laughs> and just, it shouldn't it, have been released. And that is the thing. It's like you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't know that he was being filmed, but that you know, you that doesn't really change the fact that yeah. you expect your heroes to kind of be perfect, and that's probably not realistic. But again, people just saw him in such this light, and and that light that they saw him in did not include him using that language and having a, a you know a sex tape with his buddies. It just yeah. I don't know. It went from like this, like this wholesome TV show to this like uh, Jerry Springer type stuff real quick with just you know with regards to his life. Now let me ask you this about. Let me ask you this, and this is uh might be a fucked up question. Don't care. Um, if Hitler, yep, that's where we're going with it. If Hitler were a great piano player, and you were a historian. Would you record that he was a great piano player, or would you only record the atrocities he he committed? Uh, see, I, 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 that's an interesting question. I think me personally, I would probably record both aspects of it because it's what the truth was. But I probably wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't tout Hitler as this great piano player. I'd, it'd probably be more so like, you know, Hitler was he was what he was. He was an asshole, uh, and you know, he also played piano because you'll hear that, you know, he was an art student. Right. And he, uh, you know, and people make a big deal, you know, that there's this book called um, uh, The War of Art. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit dramatic, but at the beginning of the book, the author points out that, you know, Hitler wanted to be an artist, but he, he, he let his own failure at art basically deter him, and he went on to do what he did instead. And basically, the, the author's point is that it was easier for Hitler to be who he was than to be the artist that he wanted to be. Right. And um, it's a very interesting point. Anyway, to sum it all up, uh, I would include it, you know. But um, and that's it's what not, <clears throat> not who Hitler was. You know, Hitler was right. much. You know, <laughs> and, he was and a I think I think that the same can be said about Hulk Hogan. The exact same thing. We're gonna record the horrible things he did, but I'm also gonna remember that this guy actually did keep people off drugs. Actually, did get if if he's not around, you there's no generation of wrestling fans. There's no billion dollar industry. There's no, I don't have any wrestling belts on my wall because they almost certainly fall to WCW and the WCW either implodes or wrestling is no longer around. Like there are a lot of influential people in wrestling that if you remove just one of them, everything goes, it unravels. Triple H, for instance. If Triple H isn't a wrestler, you don't have the click. You don't have the click. You don't have the NWO when they leave. You don't have DX to challenge them. So you don't have the Monday Night Wars. You don't have the Monday Night Wars. Where's your wrestling? You don't have NWO and the clique itself. You don't get Bullet Club. You don't get Bullet Club. And, and the two sweet 
you know, horns they throw up, you don't get that, then you don't get AEW wrestling. So if you remove just Triple H, you probably ruin all of uh, wrestling history right then and there. And that's that's so wild to think about because, to me, Triple H was always that guy. You know, and I totally agree with everything you just said. But it's like Triple H was never like the guy for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I guess it is. But it, it is a really good point, though. Like, it just comes down to, you know, just removing Triple H would probably totally change the, the landscape of what wrestling is today. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, yeah, I, yep. I just think that that's an interesting point. Cause um, yeah, I mean, you do have to wonder, I mean, had WCW, you know, held on to, to triple H in those earlier days, what was his name? Like terror rising or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some shit. <laughs> it's it, actually like, a really great name. Yeah. 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 Like them, but it's fantastic. Like I would make that my rap name right now, but yeah. Yeah. You know how many guys, I mean, this has been said a thousand times, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's like all those guys that headlined for WWF in the late 90s that led to that kind of that boom period. I mean, they'd all been, you know, undercard guys for WCW. And it's like the world would be a totally different place if WCW had just held on to, you know, Steve Austin and and Triple H and those types of guys. Yeah, even even ECW, like if ECW, a lot of people don't know ECW got a loan from Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's a literal genius. He is. He say, if I give Paul Heyman his money now, then, well, he'll end up working for me later anyway because they're not a big company and they can't put me out of business. But what I can do is invest in my own future. And look what that investment got him today. Now Paul Heyman runs Raw and he's still under Vince McMahon, but like he, Vince still gets the best of both worlds. He still gets that writing and talent and whatever he wants out of Paul Heyman. You know, and he actually still gets the competition between Paul Heyman himself and Eric Bischoff. Look, That's he's, he's, yeah, incredible, <laughs> right? Nobody sees this going on in the business. I'm like Vince McMahon. Yes, did he kiss ass in business so that he could be a billionaire? Sure. And guess what? You don't like Saudi Arabia? Never go there because that's <laughs> their country and they get to do whatever the fuck they want. And if you don't believe me, you can Google a few names and figure out. You yeah. know, it's I don't I'm not one for going to other countries and forcing them to believe whatever we do. Yeah. I am also I am also okay if you want to go over to a country and 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 partake in certain things like it, you just don't have to watch. A lot of people saying they canceled their network subscriptions and stuff. From I'm like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, why the fuck are you even telling me stuff that I don't do and I'm done with? I don't go out and fucking tell people like on Twitter, oh, I'm done with this and that. Like, yeah. I'm just done. If I'm done taking a shit, I'm not gonna give you a call and text and be like, hey man, you know, I'm just I just got out got out of the bathroom. When you're done with something, you're done with something, you know. And I think the important thing to take away from all of that stuff is just. You got to take the good with the bad. But if it's if it's mostly bad, that's what you'll be known for. If it's yeah. mostly good, that's what you'll be known for, you know? I, it's just it's an interesting time in wrestling. It's, it's pretty great. Uh I got I got some stuff coming up on Sporticus that's going to be just crazy, man. I mean, uh, I'm trying to I'm going to try to get David and Ray back into wrestling. Like they don't watch it like they do yeah. MMA. And maybe they won't watch it like they do MMA, but I want them to follow a weekly program. I'm trying to... It's a social experiment. I'm trying to get them to do it. And and if you don't watch a weekly program, I'm going to try to get you to as well. Well, I, I'm glad to hear... You know, I can remember five, ten years ago telling people that I didn't think there would ever be another boom period in wrestling. 
because I mean, I, I was naive to say that, but I just remember thinking, you know, WWE had such a stranglehold and it was going to be difficult for any other companies to gain traction. And uh, I was obviously very wrong. It seems like we're going through a bit of a boom period now, or at least it, it seems like it from, from my point of view. So uh, yeah. I uh, I don't watch too, too much Raw, but I'm definitely interested in, in, in being able to watch uh, AEW. Chris Jericho is like my favorite wrestler ever. I'm glad to see yeah, him. Yeah, he used to go. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to see him still doing his thing. So, uh I'm I'm definitely more more interested than I than I have been in the last few years. I, then again, you know I, I watch I still watch every WrestleMania. Like I watch like the major Japanese matches if I hear about them. So uh, I, I I definitely am okay. still interested. It's just uh, not hooked on any one product right now. But I'm right. I'm, I'm working on it. I mean, uh, and um, I recommend NXT. Um, I actually recommend AEW as well for people. Um. The reason I, I, I mentioned NXT immediately is because they already have a drawn in everything. You want to see Seth Rollins might pop up there. You know he's not popping up on AEW, uh, you know, uh, unless they fooled all of us, and that would be amazing <laughs> that they did that. But no, you know, uh, they already got a built in legacy. They already got their forever logo with WWE. Everything they do is stamped with that, and um, which brings me to uh, something we'll talk about. So, so. <clears throat> I, I say watch NXT. I'll, I'll drop that there. But when we first started off, we got into uh, uh, whether or not it was a sport a little bit. And um, we kind of trailed off, got into some other things. That's fine. I Like I say, I think it's a sport. And that's because the level of uh, it's, it's combat sport. It doesn't get its respect because look at boxing. It never truly got. It, was it was it great during Ali's time? Sure. But like People always look down on it, no matter what. They say these are two people brutalizing each other. Same thing with football. Same thing with hockey. The more physical, the more combat. Uh, if it's a combat sport, they hate you. MMA, it's it's you know it's the bastard of combat sports and stuff. Even WWE is more acceptable than that because look how long it's been around, and the least they can say is stunt. Yeah. <clears throat> now, there was a wrestler that came out um, recently. Her name is Jordan Grace, and she got into a little Twitter feud with Jim Cornette, uh, whose name you uh, you'll rarely hear here. You heard it there just because I had to bring him up. But um, <clears throat> she said, um, "Oh man, I gotta find a quote." Uh, she basically said that if we could get past, she said, "Can we get past calling? Um, if we could just call wrestling." A performance art instead of trying to push it at a sport then we'll get past what's been holding wrestling back all this time i'm paraphrasing but that's it wasn't a long quote it's pretty much what she said how do you feel about that statement uh that's kind of an interesting point i kind of see what she's saying i just for me i mean i I, you know, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler growing up, but I'm, I'm just not a very large person, so I kind of drifted as I got <laughs> older. But I did have the chance to uh, – to, I had a buddy who was trained to be a pro wrestler. And I went with him a few times, and I, I got to take bumps and learn how to do a few things. And uh, to me – I mean, again, this is really semantics. It's kind of splitting hairs. But, you know, I, I don't know that this qualifies it as a sport. But I didn't feel like I was doing art at the end of those wrestling practices. It, it felt like I was, 
it, it felt like I was putting in work. Like it felt, yeah. you know, I, I think people have this idea that because it's fake, it's like a dance. And don't get me wrong, it does, you know, it all flows yeah. together. But, you know, it's like you always hear, oh, they know how to fall. They know how to fall. Yeah, you know, like there is a specific way to fall, but it's not like that spot is magically numb and it doesn't hurt when you land there. Yeah, it's just like you know they, 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 these guys at Russell have found the best ways to take certain moves, and then that's what you do. And 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 so while I, I get the idea of what she's saying, it's just in my very 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 limited experience. I just think to say that they're not athletes, you know, if if they want to be considered athletes, I think that's what they they should be considered because they're uh, they're putting in a lot of work, and I just think that it should be respected. All right, and and, and um, that was a thing that Jim Cornette kind of got of that there was a respect factor. And what I, the tangent I had went off on was it began with the fact that I started watching it and I saw that these people really do put their bodies on the line. And about any sport, anything in the world, sport or not, who dies the quickest? Ric Flair's like barely, you know, what, 70 something? And he's about to die. Like every week he's got a heart problem, you know? I say about yeah. to die jokingly. Uh, but the, prop, the fact of the matter is, it's not much of a joke because he does have a heart problem. He's had a couple of them. I was supposed to see him in all uh, a double or nothing in Vegas at StarCast, and he couldn't make it because he was having heart surgery. Was it scheduled? Yes. But damn, it was scheduled heart surgery in his 70s. You know, yeah. and, and these people die because it's so hard on them. They do a lot of drugs, you know, um, and, and not prescription stuff, any kind of drug, anything that to take that pain away. Uh, actually, here's what makes StarCast so great. Um, Starcast is great because you get to hear people like Bret Hart speak. Uh, my buddy and I, we were at Bret Hart's uh, panel, and he was he was having a discussion, and he was talking. He he was he was had a real lighthearted story, uh, really fun story, but it actually ended with something really heavy and something I never re- realized that when they outlawed smoking weed in 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 wrestling, you know, in WWE. And not not just WWE, but wrestling. Period. A lot of guys turn to harder drugs and alcohol to cope with the pain, and that's when a lot of stuff starts getting out of control. You know that, and like you you said, you had a very limited experience with it, and that's because that shit hurts. You know. Oh, it, and, it's it's yeah. um yeah. I don't I don't see how they do it like that. I mean, I, I guess maybe you get used to it to some degree, but I'll just say this, and then I'll let you finish. Like, I would not want to be in a place where. I'm used to that sort of pain. I mean, I mean, again, you know, it reminds me of when I first started jujitsu and I couldn't walk and I was like, how does anybody do this? But, you know, a week later, yeah. I, I was into it. Whereas, you know, I did the right. I probably went, I don't know, four five, six times and it, it, it never seemed to get any better. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just painful. You know, I mean, you're falling on the, the, the your back, the back of your neck. I mean, it just uh, it's something else. Now, you know, the easiest now, thing to do is to get punched in the face. That's how you know it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and that's what they used to do back in wrestling. It's crazy. You know, if you ever read Mick Foley's first book, Have a Nice Day, he, he was asking when, uh, someone he was wrestling against, how do you make those punches look so real? And he punched him in his mouth as hard as he could. He said, oh, shit. That's because mm-hmm. you punched me in the mouth for real. <laughs> you know? So yeah. there is definitely a giant difference between what we watched today versus back then. Understandably so, because... Uh, Again, Bret Hart at that panel said, he, he told Ric Flair, don't chop him. He said, well, that's my thing. He said, that shit hurts. And if you chop me, I'm going to punch you in your mouth. And he said, for real? He said, I'm going to punch you as hard as I fucking can if you chop me. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's a dance. 
Like you said, it's a dance. Uh, it's like a dance. It is. It's a it's a performance. Yeah. You know, it is a performance and it is art. It's, it's actually a performance art. It is. It's also a sport because yeah. what does LeBron James do? He goes out and performs. He drops 50. You call it a great what? Performance. Now, how does he perform this? How does he do these things? What is he? He's a basketball player. He performs. He has a 50 point performance. Damn, that was hard to say. 50-point performance by playing basketball because he's a basketball player. Now, how the hell do you do a hurricanrana? You pull that move off by being a professional wrestler. So all, because it's all entertainment, we don't need any of this stuff, you know? We don't need ESPN or any of these sports out here whatsoever. So all of it is performance art because you're performing an art, that, you know, even fighting. Even especially boxing, but even fighting has has gotten to the art uh, degree. I, I would say maybe it wasn't there. Different disciplines had the art, like wrestling, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and just boxing itself. Yes, those are separate disciplines. Those are art forms within themselves. But mixed martial arts just came together as a performance art itself because it was just all separate. You know, with UFC 1 and all that stuff, it was all separate. You know, it was who's the best uh, boxer versus who's the best wrestler. Now it's you don't know what's coming at you at all. So I get where she was going with it as well. But uh, and, and I discussed this with David and, and Todd Martin, and they, they were on the show uh, last week. And I want to get your uh, uh, opinion on it, too, because uh, I, I know you know your stuff. And I want to get your opinion on it, too. And I, I just want to re- reiterate my uh, the fact, fuck it. I don't, I don't like to dabble with opinion when it's we know for a fact it's a sport. Um, it's only ESPN too, so who who gives a shit? It's, yeah. It is now, even if you didn't want it. And there's a lot of stuff like golf that people don't consider a sport, but like you know, it's 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 a performance art and it's a sport just like every other sport is, you know, yeah. especially like golf and stuff like that. So, with that said, we're gonna um, you know keep it moving now. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one final point. You, you mentioned yeah. the slaps, uh, Ric Flair slaps, and it just this was kind of an interesting experience. When we were, uh, when I was going to those wrestling classes, I, I was real big on wanting to learn to punch well, and it, it, it kept like annoying the the coach. And uh, you know, finally, I was like, "Why don't you want me to punch?" And he goes, "And I, I've heard this. You know, I, this isn't breaking news. I've heard this in other places too." But he was like, "You know." The, the reason that a, a slap or a chop is more valuable than a punch is because you can slap or chop somebody in the chest as many times as you want, and it'll be obvious that you're hitting them there. Whereas, you know, you can't really beat the shit out of a guy in the ring and just punch him a hundred times. So he's like, yeah. you're going to be punching this guy in the face, and there's not going to be a mark. And he's like, so you're just going to look like you hit like a bitch, basically. So he's like, so what you need to do <laughs> is you need to slap the chest to, to, to redden him up a little bit, you know, to leave some yep. marks. And uh, avoid the, the close-fisted punches. So he, he basically emasculated me in the, in the ring right there. And I, uh, I just nodded. It made perfect sense. But I, I thought that was an interesting little bit of information. No, I, I mean, that's, that's perfect. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad he, um, I'm glad he said that because now you're like, you'll always remember that. You'll always remember that. Uh, do you have kids? No, I don't. Well, you're going to tell them that when you have them. If you yeah. even want them. You're going to tell some kid that, whether it's yours or somebody else. He's going to be like, look, man, you don't want to get punched in the face when you're wrestling. And this is why, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, moving along, it's slightly off topic, but we'll get there. 
Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I was going to jump right into football, but wait a minute. Before we get completely out of wrestling and you, uh, we're going to go back into UFC also. What is your favorite belt design? It could be boxing. Who the fuck would pick boxing? But it could be boxing. It could be uh, the, uh, any wrestling promotion, uh, you know, past, present, future, whatever. Uh, not future, well, past, present. Um, what's your favorite entrance music? And what's your favorite finisher? My so music, favorite. finisher, and title. I like the glory title, and I like the ROH title. I like the gold and red with the little hint of red paint in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Bellator's too. So, like, I, those aren't my favorites, but I really like those. I think Glory's belt is dope. But go ahead. Uh, I like the uh, the WWF the, the WWF title from the late night, the blue strap, you know. That uh, yeah. Stone Cold had a lot. I like that one. Uh, the old tag team belts are cool. Um, again, from like the late '90s, and so you know the one with the they had like the red and blue. Uh, yeah, those are cool. Uh, different versions of the U.S. belt are always cool. And then in terms of MMA, I actually I like the way the WBC titles look. The the, the green strap belts, those are kind of yeah. fancy. Um, that, that's probably it in terms of the belts. Entrance music. Ooh. That's my favorite finisher is probably either the diamond cut. Damn, these are great questions. I wish I'd had some time to prepare for these. Uh, yeah, my bad. I mean, it, it's think, all right, though. It's- I think my favorite finisher is probably the diamond cutter. But my favorite thing to see anybody do, and I don't know why this is, but I used to love it when Kane used to cock his hand back for a choke slam, you know, and he'd yeah. wait for the guy to turn around. And then once they did, he'd hit him with a choke slam. So that was a, a cool move. Um, and then. Let's see. What was the last one? Uh, favorite entrance music. Entrance music. Uh, now, you could, you could equate that to, like, whatever anybody's ever actually walked out to in MMA, too. So if you mm-hmm. want to do that, you could say, this person walking out to this. That's fine, too. Because um, I like Stipe coming out to, um, to uh, <laughs> that MGK. That's pretty dope. That's not my favorite, but, you know, my favorite is Shawn Michaels, but... Yeah, I, I was gonna. That, that, I was gonna say Shawn Michaels, but I figured I'd switch back to MMA for this one. Shawn Michaels, that's just the go-to. I feel like I. Uh, I, I don't, this is a little off-topic, but I've never popped harder for anything in my life than when he returned as that uh, the newest member of the NWO yeah. way back in the day. Oh Lord, I remember going crazy. But um, this is kind of a stupid one. But for whatever reason, when CM Punk entered the cult of personality in his UFC fight, I thought that was kind of cool. No, I, that's dope. I like that because, uh, um, no, that that's perfect. I like that. I like that. Me being a Chicago guy, I definitely like that. So yeah, no, that was good too because that was his rest. That's his music, not just his wrestling music. I like that song before he ever even wrestled. Like, yeah. I liked it when it came out. You know, uh, late '80s, early '90s. I forget which. I think it was late '80s. Uh, like 88 or something like that, but I always liked that song, and um, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't privy to his, you know, to, to a lot of internet access, so I didn't see a lot of his indie stuff, but I did hear about him, and he was actually the first indie guy I had ever actually heard of. He had a huge buzz, and people was like, CM Punk, no, 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 they're gonna do this and do that, and uh, when he came back. When they first played that music with John Cena, that dude literally changed the entire wrestling world. Without him, there's definitely no AEW. I can guarantee you that because there wouldn't have been a rebellious attitude towards WWE that much. 
It just would have kind of lulled itself to sleep. And, you know, sure, they might be on Fox or whatever because they still do great numbers because Vince McMahon is a great businessman, maybe not a great booker, but as a businessman, he put a clown of an industry, what other people would tell you, something that's not even a sport, all the negative things, he turned into a billion-dollar industry. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you on the uh, – CM Punk music being great. I'm glad that's not a that that was out of left field. I'm glad. Damn, that was a real good a real good answer to that question. I have uh, a quick question for you before we move on. Yeah, what are your thoughts on? You mentioned uh, Starcast. Um, the what are your thoughts on Conrad Thompson and all of his podcasts? Do you listen to any uh, of them? I don't listen to Conrad. Um, now I'll say why I don't. I don't know where his allegiance is. And I don't want to say he's an AEW dude, but he, you know, Starcast is during AEW stuff. I don't want to have a negative opinion about someone or just say, oh, this guy's with them. So I don't listen to any of his stuff because I know the first thing I'll do is go, fuck him. He's an AEW mark, you know? So seriously, so I I don't do that. Uh, I did, um, I did, Damn it. I, I met someone out there that was working closely with him. Why can't I remember his name? I definitely know it, but anyway. Um, yeah, I met someone who works closely with him, and um, I, I asked him the tough questions. I didn't really want to ask anyone else, and and Comrade seemed to be on top of his stuff. Uh, now, you, 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 you tell me specifically about like his podcast and stuff. Like, no, I was just going to say, he, I, I definitely... He definitely likes, you know, AEW, but he, I think he does his best to be, uh, I mean, he occasionally says some stuff that makes me roll my eyes, but I really do think he does his best to just get the best uh, responses out of his co-hosts. But um, I just was wondering if you listened to him at all, just because I think it's kind of wild how he's just created this sort of, uh, I, I don't know what you'd even call him, you know, but he's just this random guy and he, he starts his podcast and that turns into two and then three. And I think he's going to have a, a fifth one with Arn Anderson soon. So uh, um, then he's so, turned that into all the StarCast stuff. And it, it's just been kind of an interesting rise from, you know, I guess he was just a fan into uh, somewhat of a a, um, of a a wrestling personality, if you will. Not on air, but, you know, a lot of right. people know who he is. And, and, and AEW took him up, like, off of their active, like, uh, commentary roster and stuff. And I think that's a great idea. He can never remain. Um, he he's always going to see him as bi. Uh, uh, he's not going to be bipartisan. He's always going to be an AEW guy in everyone's yeah. eyes because he does Starcast at the same time. As an analyst, I shouldn't see him as someone. I, he's always going to be someone who favors AEW, and I should always think that of him. I should because that's where the hell he does stuff. He doesn't do that stuff. With WWE, could he? Hell yeah, he could. He could say WWE. He could organize that same thing with WWE. Doesn't have to be around WrestleMania when they're always doing their own shit. Pick another time and say, WWE, I want to do this. Look at how well I did with StarCast. He could do that if he really gives a fuck about giving that to all the people. But when I was at StarCast, um, he, he didn't get too much negative stuff, but it was definitely, uh, when it came, they were a little undermanned, understaffed. Understandably so. It was just a lot bigger than what he thought it would be in Vegas. A lot bigger. And you could tell that. Someone who was giving, uh, doing autographs 
in charge of the whole taking money and stuff thing, they got given that job seconds before my buddy and I paid to get our autograph, you know, paid for the autographs of the meet and greet. So, uh, Damn, that's wild. So he needs to worry about that shit instead of talking to Arn Anderson about whatever the fuck they're going to talk about. Seriously. Yeah, that one's that one was kind of a out of left. I mean, I know Orn Anderson did always work, you know, for WCW and WWE yeah. in the backstage area, but I just, yeah, you know, I feel like we we get a lot of insight from from Bischoff for WCW, a lot from um, Pritchard from from WWE. I don't know. I, I just kind of wonder what. Uh, I don't. I don't doubt that he'll have some interesting stories, but that one's just not uh, not one I saw coming. But yeah, I listen to. Uh, I'm not like a weekly listener to all of them. Yeah. I'd say I, I probably listen to one a week out of his four podcasts. But um, I just it, it's mostly just it's just interesting to me what he's been able to sort of create really just seemingly as a fan. I mean, a well-connected fan, but yeah. I guess he made those connections somehow. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it like this, would and this is super simple question without StarCast, is there uh, is AEW as successful? That's an interesting question. I say absolutely not. There's no fucking way, because you know what? I didn't give a damn about double or nothing right before I went there. Right before I actually stepped foot into that the MGM Grand, I Starcast had already superseded anything I could do. It was it was the reason I went, the overall reason. Sure, I wanted to see a great wrestling show and I did. But the thing was I'd already met all these people. So to answer <laughs> to answer the question I, the three questions I gave you earlier is the curb stomp. I, that's, I mean, it might be something else. Right now, it's definitely the curb stomp. Um, it's my favorite. Is my favorite finisher. Um, it used to be the F five. Uh, Seth, Seth Rollins has taken over my top spot very rapidly. That's crazy to say, even say that. Um, he's a Bears fan too. Avid Bears fan. Took Becky Lynch, dragged her all the way to Chicago for that. Uh, my favorite belt literally is the one I own. It's the antique. So fan, fandubelts.com. I hope they listen to this or some word gets around. But anyway, fandubelts.com. That's fandu, F-A-N-D-U, belts.com. I got my belt from there. They had a they had a three, I mean, they had a two-for-one special. These belts cost about 300 bucks a piece. I got two belts for $300. It was a big gold belt. Uh, Rick, uh, Rick Flair's, you know, the big WCW belt. So I have a giant gold one, you know, uh, that actually I, I wear when I perform sometimes, um, do musical performances. Also, uh, and, and I got this antique one. So it's like, it's all, it's made of gun metal, right? And it looks like uh, an antique version of the big gold belt. And it's great. And Jared King Lawler saw me with that belt and he said, hey, he said, that's a really nice looking belt. And I said, yeah, can I can I get an autograph? How much is it? He said, for you, he says 20, but for you, I'll do it for 10 because I really like that belt. He said, you got your your phone on you? I want you to take a picture. And he holds the belt up with, that he autographed and he holds it up on his shoulder. He wanted a picture with my belt. Damn, that's so, pretty awesome. <laughs> right? What the fuck can Kenny Omega do to top that? Nothing. <laughs> you know, nothing. So... I think that I think that without Starcast, it's safe to say that AEW isn't the success it is. But whatever, I mean, I'm glad they did that because you don't want them starting off poorly because 
we're getting everything we want now. So, but like, yeah, uh, I think Comrade Thompson, I, I think it is amazing what he's been able to do. Starcast is unbelievable. I mean, I think a lot of us are forever in his debt for Starcast, literally. Like, there's nothing. And, and I almost got to meet Kurt Angle, Undertaker, and Ric Flair. Now, I didn't get to meet any of those three people, and Starcast still was way better than Double or Nothing or any wrestling show could ever be. What, uh, last question about that. What ended up, did Undertaker end up not appearing or, or what? They got pulled from the show. WWE was like, fuck that. Him and Kurt Angle. <laughs> so, I, 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 yeah, I, I understand it though. You know, it, it is what it is. It's business. It's unfortunate, but, um, it's business. And I, I, whatever. I mean, you know, the good with the bad. The good with the bad. I met Pete Rose just, yeah. just two minutes before I even went into the MGM Grand, and that's why I said, "Well, double or nothing could never do. It could never top what what the 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 weekend I had just going to Starcast." And because I went there, because I was doing all of that, because I was going to that show, Pete Rose was doing an autograph signing in a sports sports uh, shop right in, the, in right across from the line I was in. So I went over there. I'd already run money from gambling. I'm one of I'm one of the few people that went to Vegas and came back plus. And this was after the two hundred dollar autograph. I got a baseball sign to my buddy, my buddy Charles Johnson. And I, I I don't know why I never gave him a shout out now, but uh, my buddy Charles Johnson that actually gave me the equipment to help start my podcast. You know my show, all of that. He gave me the computer to do it, and I got his name signed on there. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. And, Pete uh, Rose. That's that's an awesome person. To meet. It was. It was, man. It was fantastic, dude. It really was. Like, man, I can tell that story a million times. Like, so I got to meet Pete Rose. I got to meet. I got to meet a few people. Uh, you know, um, not just there, but in life. And it's always nice. You can look back and go, man. You know, they were just a regular person. You know, and uh, like I met. Um, and it, I'm segueing here. I met Aaron Rodgers because I live in his hometown. I met him at a neighborhood bar, and uh, you know I met him at a neighborhood bar, and I don't know why the fuck his buddy was wearing a jacket. Now that I think about it, I don't think it was that cool. But I remember in the wintertime, his buddy had said he was like, "Hey, where'd you get that jacket?" And I, I, I did. It was corny, but I thought it was cool because I didn't know who the fuck he was. So I turned around, and I said, "Forever 21," like it was cool, and I flipped the jacket up and walked away. Now months later, I see him with the same jacket on. He's like, hey, Forever 21. And I'm like, is that Aaron Rodgers? He's like, uh, no, that's my buddy Craig. I was like, Craig? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> he's, he's slumping, and he's got his shoulders all scrunched together. He's trying to not look tall. And I go, oh, shit, he gave himself away. You know, <laughs> Craig looks uh, a lot like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right? I say, hey, Craig, great Super Bowl win. Because uh, I, I, I commit, and I can tell you, I gotta tell you, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, Cole. I, I commit the um, one of the greatest atrocities in sports fandom. I am a two-team guy. Not only am I a two-team guy, I gave you which you would know which sports fan I am just from where I am. You know where I'm from, Chicago. So that's a given. Can you guess the I other? Think I, <laughs> I think. Are you about to tell me you're a Chicago Bears and a Green Bay Packers? Fan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, that's brutal. That is brutal. (laughs) And you can tell by the segue we're going into sports, but we're going into uh, 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 football. But um, 
So yeah, I we didn't even have a real conversation until he said uh until I told him that. Because I, I don't like to get too far into stuff. It's it's kinda like, you know, just I don't know. It's it's it, you gotta just get be upfront with that. Like if you're about to get in bed with somebody, you gotta tell them if you got a disease or something, you know. Not that I consider yeah. this a disease, but I'm like, oh, 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 Cole, before before we keep talking, um, before you put that rubber on, you should know that uh, I'm 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 a, a two fan, a two two team guy. <laughs> no, but uh, I told him that, and then we had a we had a great conversation. We talked for like an hour after that, but he didn't he didn't turn to me and start looking at me and talking to me and with me until I said that, you know, because I was just a regular dude. He was like, how the fuck. His exact words, he turned and goes, how the fuck does that work? And then, you know, I told him. <laughs> well, so speaking of, your team is again, who's your team again? Who would you want uh, to rant about? <laughs> I am an Oakland Raiders fan. <laughs> oh. it's, been a, it's been a very eventful uh, off season, to say the least. Yeah. And how it's only you, got, what's up? It's only getting worse. <laughs> How did you feel about uh, Derek Carr moving next to uh, uh, buying a house next to uh, uh, Gruden? I, I think that, listen, I like John Gruden, I guess, but I think he's a really odd guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted Derek Carr to live next to him. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. That being said, yeah, it, it's been a it's been an interesting time with Gruden coming back. You know, for years, I mean, for years, it was always every single season the Raiders would have a bad year, and you know, you'd always hear rumors, "Oh, they're going to get Gruden back. They're going to get Gruden yeah. back." And uh, you know, th- literally for years that was the case, and then they actually got him back, and it's, it's all been kind of surreal. You know, the Antonio Brown thing came and went. Um, the team looked okay Monday, but I'm not uh, I'm not convinced yet. I need to see. How they do against the Chiefs this week. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I wanted to rant about Antonio Brown, but the more I've thought about it, you know, I, he's a great player. I don't know whether or not he, he did what he's been accused of or not, but I will just say this. I'm glad he's another team's headache. <laughs> right. Or maybe no team's headache. He's definitely the commissioner's headache now. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, because that's a touchy subject, and um, out of respect for your opinions and, and your show – I uh, well, this that stuff we talk about here on Sportica, so I can take the brunt of it because uh, I'm gonna I'm either you know go down with the ship or I'm gonna be praised for being as controversial as as possible. But uh, we de- we definitely we won't get into that stuff here. Uh, now, if you like tomorrow, I can invite you on the show where we're gonna get in depth about this because I'm definitely gonna address whether or not he did that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely down. Because honestly, I would okay. hate to do that now because there's, there's still some more. I, I probably need to – I read an initial article about it, but I saw that there was apparently some emails and stuff. I, I need to read all of that, and I'll be better prepared yes, tomorrow. Yes, Bob. I mean, he technically admitted to doing something. Don't know that's, whether or not it was consensual. He, yeah. He, he, yeah, so that's the thing. And it actually looks to be. I, I can't see where it doesn't. It looks it looks consensual, all of yeah. it. Even the nature of which he's speaking with this gravitas in these emails and text messages or whatever. He's just so yeah, uh, this is what I did and I did it and you're stupid for letting me do any of it. Was he extremely manipulative? Absolutely. That's there too. But but there's a consensual element to it. Because he I know how people talk. I've yeah. I've spoken um, as grotesquely, not about the, not regarding the same thing, but 
I myself is uh, I've done that to people. I'm like, you mother and this and that, and just chewed them out. But I've spoken like that, not with that many spelling errors, and you'll get that. <laughs> oh my god. But you know, I've I've spoken like that to people, man. And that's because I knew what was up. I knew what happened and what didn't happen. And when you know you in the right and you know yeah. what you you know what somebody else uh you know you manipulated them and you got them in a certain uh, point, you you're gonna act how he acted, you know. Especially when that person tries to come back because you're at war now, you know. Yeah. So one party did something to the other because of uh, what another party did, and that's a that's a war thing. That's different. That's not on the same level. So, yeah, man. I mean, uh, tomorrow if you're down, we could definitely get more into that. Yeah, I'm definitely down. Uh, Be around you know, the same time. Yeah, that'll work. And I, uh, you know, just uh, one other thing about it. I think a, a big problem is that I, I think a lot of people dislike Antonio Brown. And uh, I, I, this is a sad aspect of humanity, but I think there's a certain amount of people that just want it to be true just because they want him to, to, to fail in a way, which is unfortunate. But it seems like a lot of the comments that I've been reading, and again, I only read one article. So this is the comments from one article. But uh, it was so many people just saying, it's like, oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. And it's like, yeah, probably need yeah. to wait for a little more information before we determine that he, he did it. But uh, it's just, it, my, really, my point here is just it's interesting how, you know, again, since he seems to be generally disliked, you know, he's kind of an arrogant guy. It seems like people are more willing to believe something that they might not believe if it was, you know, maybe a more liked. Um, Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say Tom Brady. You yeah. know, Tom Brady's I mean, a good example. How apropos that I said Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, that's my cat in the background. He wants to be fed. I'm going to feed him. It's all right. I'm not going to edit this out either. I'm going to feed a noisy cat while on <laughs> podcast. Third man. <laughs> well, I mean, you hear him. He's, he's hungry, you know. So I had to get him going. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, I'll bring up someone else. And this will segue into uh, another uh, sport, actually. Uh, have you heard what Kevin Durant said? Uh, no. Well, Kevin Durant said that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing that, uh, oh, no, I, this is his exact statement right here. I'm, but I'm taking an excerpt from his whole entire statement. You know, he was talking about the uh, the NBA in general, and he said, someday, and, and I quote, some days I hate the NBA, end quote. Now, Coming from Antonio, the Antonio Brown subject, this is exactly why people would hate Antonio Brown. You get paid all this money. You act a damn fool. You get to do whatever you want. You get out of your contract. Similar story with KD. You know, you get out of your contract, uh, injury, blah, 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 whatever. And you act a damn fool. You, you start saying whatever you want, doing whatever you want. Don't you already have all the money? I got to say, as a black man, they make me look terrible. They make us look bad. And why? Because we're already, the sports already dominate. Like a lot of sports are dominated by us, you know, at least the top sports. So people are looking at that like, cool, you guys got something. Not to, you know, make it sound so, you know, like that. But you know what I mean? Well, we do have something. We got sports. We're on top of sports. And we always make jokes about it. Every comedian makes jokes about how black players, you know, oh, you need some brothers on your team or whatever. Cool. That's yeah. actually kind of a true statement, you know? But yeah. 
so when you get down to it, it's like, what the hell is the complaint with these guys? What the hell was AB's problem? And what the hell is KD's problem? Could you please tell me what the I, fuck is wrong with Kevin Durant? I just think part of it is that, I mean, you got to, I mean, it's difficult to really put yourself in their shoes. But I guess, you know, you have these guys, they're good at something that, like, most people aren't that good at. So they, they really value their skill set. It is a valuable skill set in terms of the sport that they're playing. But, uh, you know, I, I guess um, they, they get paid so much money to do what they're doing. I guess at some point, I mean, I, I don't want to say that realities. I mean, I, just their reality just got to be so different from mine. You know, it's like I, I can't take a year off and, and, and just live off of my earnings from the previous. It's just such a different life. And I always try to tell myself that when I do something ridiculous. Because it is so often so hard to, to comprehend why a guy with all this money would still do something stupid, this or that, this or that. A lot of times I just tell myself that, you know, these guys weren't always rich. Uh, you know, a lot of times they were actually very, very poor. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when they're doing stupid stuff, that's probably them just kind of learning as they're going, I guess. Uh, I don't really know. I um, Not to make excuses for him, but if I was Antonio Brown, I feel like I would, I would be quiet and content with my life but uh he seems like he just likes rocking the boat so uh yeah i don't know about him or any of them for that instance yeah so i i i don't don't like to give kevin durant passes either i pretty much hate him i mean why shouldn't i i mean this this guy makes 150 million dollars from what like nike uh they they matched his contract because under armor was going to give him uh something like something crazy like that and um, they Nike matched it, so he could stay with Nike. And so you get the brand, you get the recognition, you get the logo, and you out here complaining and talking about how you hate it sometimes. Yeah. You ain't it's, never going to hit. <clears throat> I was going to say, it's, it's so difficult to comprehend because, I mean, like, you know, like I would I would be happy to get a, a tenth of that for, for, you know, so it's just it's difficult to, to, to comprehend a person who's in a place where they can say they would hate something that would seem like such a... a, a I don't know if blessing is the right word, but yeah. such a, uh, you know, something that pretty much anybody else would absolutely kill for. He, he's, 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 he doesn't have the right proper perspective on it. He severely lacks that, and he doesn't have anybody good in his camp telling him what to do because he has burner accounts on Twitter. Um, also, how is something that you've been wanting to do your whole life, your goal, you wanted to be in the NBA. It, let's say that's not his whole goal, but like this is something you worked hard for, and this is where you at, and this is entertainment. You're an entertainer. How the fuck is it that you can hate that? You're not going to hear me say, I might hate politics in sports, but you, if you like hate politics, say, I hate the politics in the NBA. That's what you say. You don't say, I hate the NBA sometimes. Yeah, because, I you mean, know, the alternative, I mean, what, what's the alternative? And this isn't to insult Kevin Durant as a person. It's not. I'm insulting him as a person. Well, I think well, yeah. he's a fucking idiot and a crybaby bitch. We can do that. But my point, <laughs> we can definitely say that. My point was just going to be, you know, what's the alternative for a guy like Kevin Durant? Like, there's just, there's very, very few jobs in the world where you're as appreciated as much as he is and paid as much as he is. So it's like, if you hate the NBA... You know, I mean, do you want to? He can come down to Lake Charles and take a plant job, and he'll make. You know, he might make a hundred thousand a year, but he's going to have to work sixteen hours a day. And uh, <laughs> so that's, that's right. what I don't get. You know, it's like I, I don't really get. I, I, it's like you said, I get understand, or I understand not liking the politics, or maybe you know certain aspects of 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 um of where you're at, but to 
to act like you don't have it. And again, I guess I also don't want to be the type of person who's like, oh, you know, you make all this money. You should just be happy in every aspect of your life. But it is funny right. seeing them complain right. about some of the things they complain about just because it's like, wow, man, I would I love those problems. But you know, uh, <clears throat> Carmelo Anthony is a guy I've grilled because there was a point where he was supposed to everything was lined up for him to go with Derrick Rose in Chicago and win champions. And he chose to make a few more million dollars. It's probably maybe like $60 million more dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, man, he got to feed his family. And I'm like, bro, he stopped having to feed his family like 10 years ago or whatever. Like whenever he got in the league and signed a big deal, he was done scratching and clawing. You don't have to have a million-dollar house. A lot of people go and get $20 million houses. You got to pay $20 million worth of taxes on the house, you dumbass. Yeah. He could go get a uh, a regular house for $250,000 and just pay mortgage on it, and that's a regular job. And anybody in that fucking family of his that he has to feed can pay pay mortgage on that, you know? So that's so goddamn stupid. But that's how fans get. Those are Chicago fans, by the way. Uh, not myself included because I'm dogging him out. But, like, I now he just wants to play, you know? That's the crazy part about it. He had all this money. He had his time in the sun, and now he's not a good enough. He's not quite good enough to play for teams, or at least entice them. People say, "Oh, he's got to be good enough." Is he though? Because no team wants him. Because all he wants is money. He the last time he played, he got like thirty million dollars and didn't do shit. And I mean, literally yeah. shit. Like I think he was done for the season early on, or, or at least let go, and then, like, when he went to OKC, they were on a hook for all the money they paid him. So, yes, it's definitely got to do more with just uh, money, and, and Carmel Anthony being in the same uh, profession, that's a guy that knows that, you know, but he's not talking about money. He took it, and I bet you he regrets it. I, I told people, I said, hey, you know, it's more, t- it's more things... The life of money, and I bet Carmelo Anthony regrets it, and I bet you he can switch spots with KD and shut his fucking mouth and go play basketball. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, the thing is, you know, it's like you said, he had he not taken those deals to get those extra few million, he'd still have a lot of money. But you know, when when people look at his career now, they always point out, you know, he, he scored a lot of points, but no one's ever going to say that yeah. Carmelo Anthony was a winner on the court. I mean, he never, you know, doesn't have any championships. His team weren't perennially in the playoffs. His teams, I mean, so I think that. It's probably now that he's a little older, he's probably got a huge bank account, but he probably would have liked a little bit more accomplishment because you realize there's a lot of other guys that weren't great NBA players. They're going to take what they made in the NBA, and they'll turn that into a fortune through investing and whatnot. And uh, I just think, you know, when you're in the NBA, definitely a big part of it is to make money. But it seems like, you know, legacy matters to a lot of people, and it didn't always matter to Carmelo, but you do have to wonder if it'll start to as uh, as his plan day starts to dwindle a little bit. Now, a a name, here's a name. He played for the Bulls, and he played for uh, the Lakers. So he was coached by Phil Jackson. Corey Blunt, that guy's got like five rings all under Phil Jackson, and he just did his – he did minimal. He was like maybe a 10 and 10 guy, maybe. You know, maybe, maybe that. He came in off the bench. He played solid defense. He, saw, he, he could hit a jump shot, you know, a, a, you know a, a rebound well. And that was it. And he got five rings for doing that. He, I, 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 he, I don't think he was there. Yeah, he got five rings. 
Um, he, I feel like he got six, but not whatever. He got five at least that I know of. Nobody wants to be Corey Blunt. I don't remember what contract he signed. Maybe he played for a league minimum, but Carmelo Anthony and uh, Kevin Durant aren't nearly as important as Corey Blunt ever was. They're not. They never fucking will be. Ever. I mean, I know. I, somebody asked me about some Bulls teams. They was like, "Who? who's the guy that, who's the backup power forward in 92 or something? And I actually answered the questions. And I was like, damn. I was like, why are you grilling me like this, dude? Like, we just having a drink right now. But yeah, my point is like, that, that's what made me think of it. You know, these guys have, they, they were more important than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony have you know, hundreds of millions of dollars more than they ever will. They both play the same league and the same position, actually. You know, they all play power forward. Carmelo didn't play power forward a lot, but I, I'm pretty sure he did a little bit in Denver, uh, even, even just for like a second or two. Point being is, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's got to be about your accomplishments and not your money. And you got to stop hating being at the place you're supposed to be loving. Uh, yeah. With that, we go from <laughs> hate it to hate it again. Okay. But in a different sport. Now, this is where we're definitely going to disagree. I know this. I've been saving this for you. I, 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 I'm not sure about your opinion on it, actually. But, uh, and this is going to lead to the title, title picture. Um,. I believe that Kobe Covington is not he, – he's trying to be a hero. He's trying to be American badass uh, Undertaker. You know, ride the Harley down, down to the ring and throw his hand up and get America behind him with Kid Rock singing his entrance music. Um, but I, I think he's more of a Roman Reigns. I think he doesn't know how to be a good guy. He wants to be a badass, but he doesn't know how to be a good guy. He doesn't know how to get people behind him. He doesn't know how to connect. Um, do you agree with that? What do you see him? Do you see him as a hero? Or do you see, see him as a heel? I see it a little differently. I, I think maybe, it, it, let's say that what you're saying is correct. I think that might be his intention. His intention might be to beat this hero. And whether or not... Um, you know, whether or not what I what I feel is, is on purpose or not, you know, when I look at Kobe Covington the other day at uh, it wasn't 242, maybe it was 241. He was in the the crowd with Masvidal and um, Covington. And, you know, the video that I saw, it looks like they get into it. And then Covington kind of runs over to Dana White. and It looks like he tattles on Jorge Masvidal. It really does. And then Masvidal made a comment about it. So my point in all of this is that, to me, Colby Covington's like the, the perfect heel because he's playing the part of, like, the guy that he thinks you love him. You know, he's, he's like, pro-America and all this stuff. But people boo the shit out of him. And then when he gets in these confrontations in the crowd, you know, it's, it's classic heel. He'll kind of start a fight with his mouth. But when it comes to getting physical, he'll kind of run behind the referee or something like that. In this case, he'll run to Dana White. So uh, I, I guess my point here is just that his intention might be to be a hero. So, uh, you know, maybe it's inadvertent, but I think he, he's really kind of coming off more to me as, as kind of a natural heel. I'm just not sure that it's at all um, intentional. I just think he's kind of that chicken shit. You know, he'll run his mouth, 
But uh, he's not going to actually fight you until it comes time to fight. He's not going to get knees out of the cage, squabbles yeah. with you. It just, it just doesn't benefit him. So, um, it, Understandable. I, I understand what he's doing, and I, I'm, I'm not even against that. Uh, that is some chicken shit stuff to do. I'm, I'm not even against it, y'all, because... I, I'm not either. I would say that. When yeah. I say chicken shit, I don't mean it's a bad... You know, I, I just right. think it, it, it's antics is what it is. Now, here's where we're really actually going to disagree. And I'm going to be a little leading with this. Oh, I can just come out and say it, I believe. But, like, when you watch MMA, do you expect the guy to get finished or not? Do I respect him? Do, 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 you, do you expect, when you see two fighters in the cage, do you expect a finish? Is that what you're rooting for? Is that the ultimate game plan for both mm. fighters? I mean, I would assume the game, I mean, I guess it probably depends on the fighter in terms of the question being whether or not it's the game plan. Uh, I mean, when I'm watching a fight specifically, I mean, I'm not really looking for a finish so much as I'm just looking for something interesting. Um. I don't know. Might be different if you're inside of the cage, though. So, so, and and I understand that. I can I understand if some people are just looking to survive. I, I think looking to thrive is what a fighter does. Yeah. I think that's what you do as a fighter because it's fighting. Yeah. A decision is something that has to happen because you cannot fight forever. It is not the goal that you are trying to do because they say don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Same thing with with any other sport. Don't leave it in the hands of the referee. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> there's no champion's advantage in this. You know what I mean? Like, and which is crazy because people say, well, if you gotta, if you want to beat the champ, you gotta really beat the champ. No, the fuck you don't. You can actually be just one punch better than him. And why? Because you have scorecards and it's actually left up to decision. And if you win, even if by a hair, you should be able to win that title in MMA, in boxing. You should just take it right off his shoulders. Like, well, you weren't, you were a punch worse than the other guy, than the challenger. So you have to relinquish your title. In wrestling, professional wrestling, they don't, they, they, they you know, they have the champion's advantage as in you have to, the only way the title can uh, change hands is uh, by submission or pinfall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there, then you have a clear cut winner. You can't be DQ'd or nothing like that and the title change hands. Can't be a count out, which is still a disqualification. But my point is, the only sport that that actually got that right was pro wrestling. Because to beat the man, you got to really beat the man. You can't do it any other kind of way, you know? Uh, <clears throat> but Kobe Covington is a guy that doesn't finish anyone. When I watched that Lawler fight, I said, hey, what the fuck is your game plan? To just go five rounds, you know, three or five rounds and... Not finish him, not submit him. Because Dominic Cruz is like, oh, this isn't to submit him. Like, literally, I'm listening to him. He said that at least twice. He said, oh, what he's doing now, that isn't to actually submit him. And I go, what the fuck? I was, and, and it took me all the way back to the early VHS UFCs. And I go, how is he a good fighter then? I understand he's good at mixed martial arts. as a, he He's a very accurate striker. And that's something I didn't really want to give him. But he was tagging Robbie Lawler, who wasn't moving to here, whatever. Uh, um, Kobe Covington is an extremely accurate fighter. He punched Robbie Lawler in the head over 200 times, literally, you know, directly in his head. But he didn't knock him out. You, how many punches does it take Robbie Lawler to knock Kobe Covington out? Is it 200 or two? You know, like my my point is, I don't agree with him being touted as this supreme great 
fighter. I understand his cardio is amazing. I understand his wrestling is amazing. I understand his striking is amazing. And he's amazing at mixed martial arts. However, it's kind of like a, um, and I'm a big nerd. I'm going to show it right here. It's an Anakin Skywalker situation. You sit on the council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. I'm going to say, you know, he's great at mixed martial arts, but I have a, an extremely hard, hard time saying he's a great fighter because I think what he does, his fighting style specifically undermines what the fuck a great fighter or any fighter is actually supposed to do. Your comment. I, actually, I, I, I get what I, I agree with some of what you're saying, especially, but I think it's a style, you know, I'm going to bring up the Woodley and Usman fight. You know, we had seen Woodley fight and defend his belt up to, to, the, to the Usman fight against a, a variety of different opponents. He was able mm -hmm. to outstrike grapplers. He was able to outgrapple strikers. I mean, Woodley was just able to beat you at your weakness because he was so good everywhere. And he seemed like just the consummate mixed martial art. He seemed so well-rounded that, you know, going into the Usman fight, I just did not see how Usman would be able to beat such a well-rounded mixed martial artist in Woodley. I mean... There was the age and all that stuff to take into account, but Woodley had just never really shown any weaknesses. And then we yeah. saw that Usman fight, and Usman just completely neutralized Woodley. I wouldn't say that he beat him up. You know, he just completely took Woodley's yeah. game and made it irrelevant. And that's, uh, that's you know, this is why I'm going to bring it back to Covington. I think that th there's a few guys that have just figured out that it's, it's not a very exciting style. You know, I think everybody would have preferred to have seen Robbie Lawler take Colby Covington's head off. Yeah, but me. Covington just fought him, and, and you said it best when you said that Covington's a great mixed martial artist but not a great fighter. I think that is, is the key. Yes. There, there's a few guys that have figured out that, you know, they're not going to be, you know, no one's going to look at, at uh, an Usman or a Kobe Covington and, and compare them to Nate Diaz when it comes to brutality, if you will. But their results are there. You know, it's hard to look at those guys and say, stop doing what you're doing when, you know, Usman's right. ne never lost and Covington's got one loss and they're, one's the world champion, one's a top three contender. I don't mean to keep comparing the two, but it's just, you know, they, they've, uh, there's been some talk about them potentially being matched up. And it's just interesting to me that both of those guys, you know, Usman has shown power in the past, so I don't mean to say that he doesn't have it, but I just think. He, he he chooses not to use it to instead reserve his cardio and be able to just beat you just enough for every aspect of a fight. And it's just, I don't know, but I, I agree with your assessment though, that it's uh they're, they're really, they're very good mixed martial artists, but they're not uh, traditional fighters. Yeah, no. And, and I, I'm glad you, you know what? I, I'm glad you agree with that because that's not easy to say because I went on, I, I'll go on Twitter and I say, fuck Kobe Covington. I'm like, he, he's kind of undermining what we're supposed to be rooting for. Exactly. Everyone else on the card is actually trying to knock someone out or submit them. And that's exactly what all the other champions are trying to do. So Hudo, uh, I, I would say, so Henry Cejudo wanted to finish Mighty Mouse and Mighty Mouse wanted to finish Cejudo. Now, if your styles clash or that other guy's just too good and you know you're not gonna finish him, well, we're going to have to have an end result regardless. So, yes, that's where Usman and Covington come in. I get that. But the fact that he wasn't even trying to take out Robbie Lawler, the, yeah. the fact that he doesn't try to take out guys, I can't say it's insulting because you're right. I, I, I totally understand the other side of it. You can't tell him to stop doing that because somebody has to stop him. I don't yeah. see who really will to be 
to be fair, I don't know who will stop him unless you're willing to take some shots and just knock him out. But you mentioned that title picture, and I said we'd get to it. Yeah. Who would you like to see? Would you like to see my like? Adam? Well, I know you said Leon Edwards, and I, that guy's—he's another one. He's another one, and he's boring as shit to me. Kobe, Usman, uh, um, and uh, uh, Edwards, even yeah. Woodley now—all boring as fuck. They are, and Woodley's disgusting about it because Woodley used to be a fucking knockout artist, yeah. and then he fought a guy, and he said. Joe Rogan, I remember I was watching it at home, and, and Joe Rogan asked me, hey, so what made you not? And I don't even, I think he was on the prelim still. That was before he had a, even he even had a title shot. He said, what made you not knock him out? He said, well, you know, I've been knocking guys out, and I just wanted to say oh, I had more things to do and more skills. I was like, who the fuck cares, Whitley? You sat yeah. up here and played with this guy for three fucking rounds so that you could show me you were a great wrestler? Show me you're a great wrestler when someone makes you wrestle. And, I, uh, you know, until then, knock a motherfucker out every time and then say, oh, when you get to Covington or Usman, say, oh, well, I had to wrestle him because he was really good. Yeah, I, anyway. I will never forget when he killed Josh Kostrick, separated him from oh, the earth for, for about 50, just, <laughs> yeah. just murked him with those shots. I, just, I had to get that out. That was that was fun. <laughs> and he, you know, he probably did evolve. I mean, he pro- maybe evolved into a, a, a more well-rounded fighter, but I agree. The excitement kind of went out the door for him. But. You know, I mean, I guess he, he had to prolong his career. I mean, he, he didn't win the belt till he was 34, and he ended up holding it for a little while. But uh, did he, at, <clears throat> but did he do that shit when he fought Robbie Lawler, or was it game time? Because he just not Robbie Lawler the fuck out. He, he I did. didn't see him displaying his skills, right? He wasn't yeah. all talking that stupid shit. When it was time to play ball, this motherfucker came out and hit a home run because he knew a double wasn't going to do it because it wasn't a man on base. And a lot of people thought that, I mean, I remember a lot of people thought that Woodley just wasn't going to be able to, they kept, you know, a lot of people would bring up the Nate Marquardt fight. And they were like, Lawler's going to yeah. do the same thing. It'll be close, but it'll eventually break him. And then Woodley, I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Woodley mm-hmm. just one piece. To, I mean, not, yeah. you know, a lot of people may have picked Woodley to win, but just in that fashion, I mean, the fights that like Lawler had been going through and then Woodley just went in there and silenced him. But uh, real quick, I think one other thing about Covington and, and also, you know, Usman lately has, um, you know, he won the belt in March, but there's some, some people on Twitter who would have you believe that he won the belt five years ago and, and hasn't defended it at any point. <laughs> right? and, uh, people and, get and, outrageous and, with that shit. Yeah, and I think it's it's the same. He's got the same thing going that, that Covington does, and it's it's because, you know, he started – like, Usman started making fun of himself in a way. Yesterday he posted this picture of himself getting on a plane, and it said, I'm going home to visit Africa. And every single comment was like, you should be stripped. I mean, he was totally joking. Like, he knew <laughs> yeah. what he was doing. And that's what is interesting about guys like Covington and Usman. It's that they're, there's a lot of people that want to see them get their heads knocked off. And then, But you know when it comes fight time, they're not going to get into this brawl. It's going to be this nope. well-calculated approach. And they're probably going to beat the dude that you want them to get smashed by. And it just makes it that more frustrating for people. It's uh, it, it's very- <laughs> no, you're right. You you hitting the exact points that I've been wanting to say, and, and just period. Like I mean, because so like I I want to see and, and 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 that that's where Masvidal comes in because I want him to take Edwards' head off because because he you know he's in the Covington Usman all that category for me. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm with you on. I've been looking at him for a while too, and he does have a particular set of skills, and that's why he's in the conversation. Um, 
And he's a little bit outside of that conversation for the UFC themselves. But I think that's a little bit disrespectful to what he's been doing and the type of fighter he is, especially when you got guys similar to him in there. Anyway, I I, I want Masvidal and, and Edwards to fight, but Edwards isn't going to play his game. So what we get now is what I really hate is we're going to get Diaz versus Masvidal. And the reason we're going to get that is because the UFC and Dana White, or just Dana White, UFC doesn't give a shit about anything that happens because they let Dana White run it all. But yeah. Dana White doesn't <laughs> want to put, you know, Dana, Dana White doesn't want to push either one of these fucking guys. But he's got to push one, right? So in order to just push one, he's going to make them fight each other and then say, no, that other guy lost. Fuck him. And that's what he's doing. He don't want real badasses, real people to fight. He doesn't find them marketable, which is insane by me. Insane. Because if this was if this was Vince McMahon, oh, come on. Come on, dude. Like, even Roman Reigns still makes a great deal of money. And he's not, yeah. he's completely all over the place. You know, but even he is successful in multiple regards. I mean, so we're going to get Masvidal and Nate Diaz when we can split those two fighters up and get two interesting fights. Instead, we're going to have them fight each other and one of them is going to fall out of the title the title thing. Yeah, what, what's your I, take on that? I uh, I just, you know, it's a, it's a fun fight. I definitely see why it's being booked. But, um, you know, it is strange to me that, you know, this is going to be a pretty big main event. It's the main event of a, a New York City show. That's, uh, I believe it's at Madison Square Garden. I mean, that, that, that's a big fight. It's the first non-title fight main event in a long time. And uh, it's, it's just weird that I'm saying that about two guys that are not, you know, there's, in my opinion, Covington's definitely ahead of them. And Edwards potentially should be as well. I just think that the whole thing is kind of askew. And I, I, I like uh, I like that the fight's happening. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to love watching that fight. But I, I do think it, it would maybe make a little more sense in the long run. Instead of booking up those two guys, uh, you know, kind of like you said, to book one against Edwards and one against Covington. And if they win, they're great. But if not, um, you know, what, where does the winner of this fight really go? I just I don't I don't think that Diaz would get a title shot in this next fight. I mean, I guess he could then fight a, a Covington or something like that. I just um, I don't know. I don't know why I feel this way, but the, the Diaz-Masvidal booking to me kind of just muddied the waters because uh, you, you've got so many good contenders that deserve a high-profile fight, and instead that high-profile fight's going to, to Diaz and Masvidal. So um, I, I don't know. Just uh, I, Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that too. I mean, I, and, and I I don't know what I would do. I mean, I would Masvidal isn't the best at not getting taken down. Um, and that's a little unfair to say, but shit, that's true. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know who, how do you not get a boring fight? Right. That's another, that's another thing that you could look at. Another way you could look at this whole thing. Dana White going, Oh shit. Uh, Covington and Usman are boring. They're not even going to try to even fight each other for real. Like yeah. neither one of them is actually going to try to knock the other one out. They're going to run 10 miles and right. fight. <laughs> So, and it's like, well, if you actually put Masvidal in there and he gets bodied, like literally, he, he's taken down every round, you're going to look like an idiot for that. So, yeah. what do you do? You make the most interesting fight you can. So, that is another way of looking at it. And I haven't, it's not like, yeah, I hate Dana White, but at the same time, he's kind of between a rock and a hard place. He has to make that fight no matter what happens. 
Yeah, I think you're right about that. Because the thing is, if you do go with the matchups that I suggested, there's a solid chance. You know, say they book Usman and Masvidal. I mean, if I was a betting man, I would I would bet quite a bit. You know, Masvidal is a great fighter. But just historically, from what we've seen, you know, I just don't know that Masvidal would have the game just to, to stop Kamara Usman. And you're, you're right. It, a very solid chance it would be similar to the Woodley fight where, you know, Usman would just take uh, Masvidal down and, and, and keep him away from, you know, where he can do the most damage. And then, you know, Covington and Diaz, you know, I, 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 that would be kind of a fun fight because of the cardio between the two. But uh, and that one might be more interesting than, than an Usman uh, Masvidal fight would be. But I, I think if you if you want to guarantee uh, at least one really good fight out of these top four right. or five welterweights, you've probably got to go with Diaz and Masvidal, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense. But I don't know why I'm it really does. even hanging it on really that does. point. Yeah, I don't know why I'm hanging on it that does point, though, because so much doesn't make sense. You know, if, if they were in Bellator, where guys are hungrier and you know you're the number two place, they would show up and show out. And you could make either one of those, because the, all of these guys would be looking to finish the other. You don't see guys just trying to make it in Bellator. That's one thing I can always say about Bellator over UFC. You make it to UFC, and you make it to a certain spot, and you're not hungry anymore. Look at Uriah Hall. He's on the next card. Look at Uriah Hall. Uh, complete fucking failure. Unless yeah, he starts he, knocking guys out. But he's a complete fucking But Nine losses? You're trash, buddy. And it's just <laughs> the know? amount of hype that, that he had. I mean, the highlight of his career, right. really. I mean, the, the Masasi win was nice. But most people, I think, considered that a fluke. You know, really, the highlight of his career was the ultimate fighter. He just never yep. really became, like, that the, the killer that he was supposed to become. But, and that's... <clears throat> He looked amazing, though. He did. Oh, yeah. He looked amazing, and then his hair started to go and shit. It started. It started to be all bad for him. But like, you know, he he looked amazing with that knockout. I mean, that dude. He killed that guy. And we was yeah. like, oh shit, he killed that guy. He needs to fight Anderson Silva, and then he gets in there and he loses the fucking uh, championship, the Ultimate Fighter uh, Championship. Yeah. Like, he loses that to a guy that. Just beat him because he was just all around better, and then that and his career was completely over. Yeah, I mean he uh, and he's one of those guys, you know that. I mean I like Uriah Hall. I always watch his fights. He's a, seems like he's a, a a humble guy. But uh, first off, real quick, you mentioned his, him growing out his hair. He I don't think anybody has made aged more in the last five or six years than Uriah Hall has. <laughs> right? He, up. he looks. I don't know what happened to it. He's got like gray hair, like his skin. I don't. I don't know. He just looks like he's getting old, really quick. But uh, all of that aside, yeah, he, he's always been an exciting fighter. But he just he never just one of those guys that he never really seemed to get any better than he was uh, as a prospect, if you will. And um, that's unfortunate because we saw guys who really did. A lot of guys from Ultimate Fighter did like. I'd even go with Chris Levin, man. Like a lot of those early guys, uh, I'd even like uh, Rashad Evans. Couldn't stand him because there's this stigma, and it's it's just it just is. And he was another black fighter that thought he was big and bad because he was black. You know, that's literally how I saw him. That's how really? I saw John. John. Oh yeah, that's that, that's a stigma out there too. And it's you know, um, with- at least it was early going. It was in the early goings of the UFC. Uh, early going to the uh, ultimate fighter, I should say, that was a stigma that a lot of black fighters carry. Yes. Um, do, you know, oh, you know I, me. I see what you're saying. I thought you oh. meant. Okay, I got you now. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, I was just saying because, you know, um, he was just another 
a lot of a lot of guys would say, oh well, you know, some of these black fighters come in real cocky and stuff, and like, yeah. Another one is uh, he's got blonde hair now. He was in the UFC. Can't can't remember his name. Not uh, Melvin Gillard. Yeah, Melvin Gillard. Melvin Gillard. <laughs> like he's cocky, just kind of a really in shape dude. But like, what's he got going for other than he? You know, he's been around a while. Well, he's been around a while now. But like other back in the day. He was just a big black dude, another yeah. in shape black dude that thinks he could just take out whoever, you know. Yeah, and he, he's, I, <clears throat> he, he's he's just another guy that seemed like he had so much potential, but he just never quite got there. Yeah, see, I wouldn't say he has so much potential. I, oh, I mean, he, you're probably right because I mean his submission <laughs> defense, his he, he his holes never improved. It just again, it, it kind of right. goes back to Uriah Hall. It always seemed. You know, it's always like, oh, this is going to be the breakout fight. This is going to be the breakout fight. And he went on that four or five fight run. And then I remember he fought Joe Lozon, who's, I mean, not exactly like a fierce striker. But Galar just came out really cocky. He's, and <clears throat> Lozon caught him with that right hand and it dropped him. And then he slapped that rear naked choke on him. And yeah, that just seemed Lo- to be the plight <clears throat> of Galar's career. He just would, he, like, he, he didn't take the right moment seriously enough. Right. And, and, and that's. That's what I mean about the stigma with black fighters that that, that definitely existed back then yeah. in the early days of Ultimate Fighter. Not as much now because we can see where guys are just actually multifaceted now, and they 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 got a lot more going for them. You know, it's actually it's a mix. Tyron Woodley's you can just bring him up. He's you know almost everybody's Tyron Woodley now. They don't have that power, which is I'm disgusted at the fact that he just let the whole power game go like why was he not trying to just knock Usman t- into next century because he could I mean yeah. we've seen him kill Robbie Lawler and Robbie yeah. Lawler is a guy that took literally 200 shots to the head yeah you <laughs> know that, that's and, the thing yeah. well, I was gonna, he didn't do it as successfully nearly as successfully right. Johnny Hendricks totally fell off what I was going to say was you know Johnny Hendricks was a guy that knocked everybody out and then uh, that just stopped and he started wrestling with everybody and granted it, his outcome is far different than Woodley's has been. I don't mean to compare the careers, but it's just the same thing. You know, used to Woodley, I mean, the, the Koscheck knockout, the uh, Dong Hyun Kim knockout, we brought up the Robbie Lawler knockout. I mean, he yeah. he had like one punch power. And uh, yeah, where did that go? I don't know. I don't know if he just, you know, I, I've heard the argument that he just became a smarter striker. You know, he started using a jab more, stopped overextending, but it's like, damn, he, he just... I, and that has he got so smart, he a dumbass now. That's what I was so about sp- to say. He, he, he's <laughs> one of the, he's just, I think he's such a smart fighter as he aged, he adapted. And it just, one of the unfortunate things is that one of the things that he got away from was, was those, those big power punches. Because, damn, he used to land them. That's, that's really dumb. Because I bet you, here's the, here's the fucked up part. Him versus Masvidal. Bet you he do that against Masvidal just because. And then he ruined Masvidal's uh, his old upward momentum. He couldn't put, couldn't really book Masvidal in anything anymore. It's it's crazy. Like you said, Diaz kind of fucked everything up because now you got all these guys and you don't know what to do with them, and you got too many options. I I wish one of them was taken away because I, I, what I would do is just add a couple. I mean, I add in Woodley and someone else. Um, actually. Who would you add in? Uh, maybe potentially. Would you add in one of these guys? Potentially, you get what I mean by potentially. Uh, what's your, what's your early thoughts on uh, Till versus Gaslam? 
Uh, I just, I don't know. I, the, the weird thing about Till is that if you look his career at his career overall, he's got those quality wins over Cerrone, and then you got the decision over Stephen Thompson. So it's like, if you don't think too too much about it, I guess it makes some sense that he's moving up and he's fighting a, a good fighter. But if you really look at Till under a microscope, I feel like you've got a guy that was was kind of rushed uh, into the title fight and got totally exposed there. Uh, and, um, and and not to, you know, obviously Woodley's very good, but he's he's five foot eight until, you know, is this, supposed to be this daunting striker. And Woodley just put him down and submitted him. And, uh, you know, that that's one fight against the champion. Then he goes into the Masvidal fight. And Masvidal's a, dies. Uh, yeah, I mean, Masvidal's a big deal now. But at the time, you know, I think a lot of people thought Till was going to win that fight. Well, you know, whether or not that was the right decision. Um, you know, Masvidal <laughs> lost two straight. Anyway, my point is just that I think that if I was Dana White, I would not be putting Darren Till into a fight with a guy like Kelvin Gaslam. I'd go a little lower down the card, you know, maybe a big name, but not such a dangerous opponent. Because, uh, I mean, what happens if Gaslam just smashes Darren Till? Then his I career's just, over. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> why put Darren Till into this situation? I just I just don't see why you need to do that. But um, I, I think you absolutely have to because you don't have um, – you don't have – Wonderboard Thompson, man, he had a really good string of fights, but I think he's so he was so overhyped. Like, and he came crashing down to earth again, man. Kid yeah. Icarus, dude, his his wings melted like fucking paper. <laughs> like, jeez, man. I mean, and 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 that Woodley fight, that was a disgrace that it was even that close. That was complete fucking bullshit. Wonderboy yeah. talk Thompson didn't do a fucking thing against Woodley. That yeah, was trash. The fact that even a draw, majority draw, kiss my ass. He lost. They should that should have been the decision. Thompson didn't win. They should have said the judges said Thompson didn't win. Yeah. Fuck the scores. <laughs> he lost. But um, no, seriously. Till talked a big game. He accepted the fights because you have to accept them. It's not like WWE yeah. where you can say, "Well, I don't want to work with this guy." They said, "Well, fuck you. Work with him and go home." Like, no, you don't have to work. You don't have to accept a fight, and he accepted it. He accepted all of his fights, uh, including the Masvidal fight. You know, uh, so, so I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know where else you put him anyway. You know, once you move someone up, they're up. You can't make them go backwards. Can't send them. Can't train them anymore. You know, he talked that shit. He thought he was in the big leagues. He believed his own height. Time yeah. for his time for his career to be over. Um, I asked Todd Martin and uh, David McGrath this last week. I, I got to rephrase it to you. I said, well, <laughs> I asked Todd Martin. I, it's a completely leading question. I said, is Curtis Blades' career over if he loses this fight? And he starts laughing. He goes, wait, 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 what? And I go, well, because, you know, we, just, we were just talking about it, how Till's career could be over if he loses this fight. Sure, he'll have a couple more fights after that, but it'll be essentially over. Now, what would have happened? Do you think that Curtis Blades' career would have been over had he lost his fight? His, uh, his I, last fight. I think that Blades is always going to be in a dangerous situation because he's got those two decisive losses to Francis Ngannou. And, and I wouldn't say that it would kill his career, but, you know, if let's say Ngannou goes and wins the belt. You know, I, I think he, he's kind of been Joseph Benavidez, Birds, uh, I mean, uh, Blades, I mean. Yeah. Um, just in the sense that, you know, Demetrius Johnson beat Joseph Benavidez twice, and Benavidez would string five, six wins together in a row, but there was just nobody 
wanting to see a third fight between Johnson and Benavidez, at least not a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's the problem. You know, that's the uh, the burden that, that Blaze is going to have to carry. It's, um, you know, he can win four, five, six, seven fights in a row. But uh, as long as Francis and Ganu is ahead of him, it, it, it's just tough for Blades, I think. He's um he's just, no matter what he does, he's always going to have that cloud over him. He lost to Ngannou not yeah. once, but but twice. In, in, in the same fashion. Like, he's yeah. not close to beating him. And that, that was my thing about putting that belt on Ngannou. Like, I mean, because they, they kind of want to. I don't think you go back to that Stipe fight and the Nagano fight. I think you maybe Dos, uh, Dos Santos and Nagano, maybe. Um, we know they just fought, right? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because Dos Santos threw that looping punch. I don't know why the fuck he did that. But anyway, but like, I think you just keep Nagano waiting in the wings. I, I think I talked about this on num- Number One Bullshitters, the uh-huh. first show we ever did together. It's, it's, you're, it's really awkward to. If he wins, who the fuck goes up against him? The first person, if he hadn't lost to Nagano, you would say Curtis Blades, right? You would say, oh, that's the fight to make. That's great. But he did. So then who's the up and coming? Uh, who's the up and coming uh, heavyweight? Um, yeah, like that's it, dude. That's that's my that's my thoughts exactly. I mean, like, so that that effectively puts a hold on someone like Curtis Blade's career. And I understand mm-hmm. that. I want to be uh, I don't want to be uh unfair to him, but in all fairness, those two losses kind of stifled his career already. You know, yeah. cuz Nagano Nagano lost to Stipe. He lost. Mm-hmm. And then he lost to Derek Lewis. So he can lose. You know, he lost those back to back. So he's it's not impossible that this guy can lose. It's just that can you beat him? And uh, that's why I asked that question because I do hate Curtis Blades. I think he talks too much shit. I don't think he's nearly as good as he thinks. He's talking all that shit about Brock Lesnar and stuff, and I don't know if he can knock Brock Lesnar out. I don't. I think he get his ass whooped. I don't think he beat like a Mark Hunt. I think Mark Hunt would knock him out, and I would w- love to see him fight. Had, did they fight or no? They may have. I, I know. Uh, Oh, you know what? I think they might have. They, they might have. I'm not 100% and sure. I, I, and, and I know I know if they did, that they beat Mark Hunt. But, you know, just like a Roy Nelson, a Mark Hunt, a Dos Santos, like, he's got guys he can still go through. Like, has he fight? Has he fought uh, Overeem yet? Yeah, he beat the shit out of Overeem. Right, right. Oh, damn, you know. That's really his and, quality and, win, yeah. if you ask me, is that Overeem win. And, you know, I mean, again, not Roo? that Overeem's not a gr- great fighter, but, you know. Right. Did he beat Struve? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, forgive me for not being. I, I, ha- I actually just looked at his record. Uh, no, it's all good. I followed him kind of close, but you know, all, all this stuff starts to rush together at yeah, some point. You know, yeah. So he see, he definitely. I know he fought. Um, I know this sounds ridiculous because they're both just they both got large guts. He either fought Justin Willis or Mark Hunt. I know he fought, <laughs> or maybe both of them, but I can't oh. remember. Um, it's just that it's just that um man you know i don't know how carefully the ufc is booking things they don't book them in a way that naturally they can come back and have really good cards on their own they kind of luck out on it they just really do luck out on it bellator on the other hand man they just they they just book stuff oh you want to see this fight this is fight we're making they're making this fight and that fight and this fight and that fight and they're all great because that we get to see the fights when they're supposed to happen, you know, like we never saw. We want to see Anderson Silva fight. Uh, um, 
John Jones. A lot of people want to see that. Yeah. Wanted to back in the day. A lot of people wanted to see uh, GSP and uh, Anderson Silver. Nope, not gonna happen. Like it's just that could happen, and I would make that fight. You know, and I maybe put that on a fight night or something, make a big deal of it. But like, I would still make that fight. I think it'd still be a really good fight. But I have a problem with with the booking because they're gonna end. UFC is gonna end a, a, a couple careers really soon. Yeah. Masvidal's Masvidal's uh, could be Curtis Blades if they don't book him. If he loses like to Dos Santos, a guy who lost in the Ghana or something like that. If he gets his ass knocked out again against a, a, a knockout artist, he's fucking done. I mean, they won't say it, but he's pretty much done. He'd have yeah. to go on like a fucking 50-fight win streak. I mean, uh, look at look at Zhang that just won the, uh, the title from Andrade. If they weren't fighting where she's from, no fucking way she gets a title shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it's... it's and, and if she had lost that fight, I, she was undefeated, correct? Or no? Or she, uh, she, like two, she lost her first pro fight, and then she won right, 19 straight. She, right, So, but she was undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Four, right. four or five and oh. Uh, and um, she would have never, ever gotten another chance had she lost. Oh, and, yeah. And that would have that ended her UFC career pretty much. She would have had a fight here and there, maybe fought three more times in the UFC and then had to move on. And that's that's a that's a really harsh reality. Uh, professional wrestlers have it the exact opposite. You could be total trash for years, be a loser, and then all of a sudden you catch fire in your twilight years, you know. And you yeah. you win it. Look at Goldberg. He came back and won the damn Universal Title, and then had a a real money match against Brock Lesnar, and then Undertaker. Yeah, that Undertaker match wasn't great, but my point is, damn, you know, like complete opposite because you're on the road, you work hard. And then later on in life, if you're that damn good, you can come back and make your money and look yeah. good. Your career isn't ended. Your career has its longevity because of all the work you put in in it in the beginning. And that that's unlike any other sport because every sport you go down, you decline. No, in wrestling, you go up. Look at The Undertaker. Still, still The Undertaker after the all these decades, you know? Yeah, the UFC did that with a lot of flyweights. They'd, they'd get these guys that were like 8-0 and 2-0 and in the UFC. Then they feed him the Mighty Mouse, and he would murder them. And then yeah, every fight there afterwards would be against, you know, Benavidez. So you have these guys that were like 8-0, you know, 2-0 and in the UFC against nobodies. And then their next three fights, you know, they lost to Mighty Mouse, lost to Joe Benavidez. Then, like, who's the Air Formiga? And then they were cut. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, their ranking to begin with was, was hollow. They never deserved to be there. It's just Demetrius Johnson was you know, clearing everybody else out. So you've got yeah. these guys that are like former title challengers that, I mean, you know, really probably in any other division would not have, would not have earned a title shot. And that's just, yeah, you know, and, and that's understandable because he cleaned out the division. Oh and, yeah. Uh, it just is, it's a product of, you know, how good yeah. he was, but. Then, uh, keeping with the, with uh, UFC, there was a, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it justice by not having the direct quote and stuff in front of me, but uh, I think it was somewhere in some. Uh, uh, it was, it's in uh, Australia, Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. They don't like to say Melbourne. It's not Melbourne. Yeah. It's Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne out out Australia. It makes sense. You know, Melbourne, Australia. I believe it's Melbourne, Australia. Like the mayor or something, or someone over there said. 
that uh you that ring girls were outdated and that they can we do away with it and she brought up <laughs> she brought up like racing mm. said racing doesn't have and darts doesn't have ring girls and i and i thought to myself man you know i'm extremely knowledgeable on a lot of sports when the fuck did i ever see a dart girl <laughs> like but yeah, I was like, I, okay, they had him. If I had known this, I might have actually watched yeah, for more than two seconds. And I'm like, it's 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 to- some people might call it toxic masculinity or whatever. Fuck those people. That's disgusting and stupid. But yeah. my point is, if they had a reason for me to watch with which even for a split second in a moment of weakness and lust, if I had just kept it on the channel. And I was I was flipping through channels and I kept it on darts because there some some uh, girl was wearing booty shorts and I started to like darts. Well, fine. Who yeah. really gives a shit? I mean, I'd be talking about whoever the hell dart the dart champion is right now. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know shit about darts, but I don't um, think anybody did. Everybody found out about those dart girls. They were like, "What was this?" <laughs> right. So what what? What's your take on it? I know, uh, I know, how I feel about it, but what do you? To think? to me, I mean, it just seems like such a. I, just, I don't think those rain girls are hurting anybody. Uh, I, I mean, I understand that there's some people out there that, uh, for whatever reason, like to complain about things that other people might not see as that big of an issue. But, you know, these girls are not. Um, they're not servants. They're not being forced to do that. They're they're being paid to do it. Uh, I just do don't money think too. It's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I could understand if it was some sort of indentured servitude where, like, they were like, yeah, you know, five more years of service to the UFC, then we'll get you a condo. Like, that would be <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's it doesn't seem to be that way. I, I just think it's kind of a non-issue. Uh, I, I don't think that anybody goes to the fights just for the ring card girls. And my point in saying that is not to say that they're not, they shouldn't be part of the show, but it's that, you know, it, it's, just, it's just part of something much bigger. Uh, I, I don't think it... You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I would quit watching MMA if they did away with them, but it's just not its not something that I ever... Let me put it this way. I thought that the UFC would need to replace Ariane just because she's been around for so long rather than I thought... You know, I figured that would happen right. before before they'd replace ring girls altogether. Um, she's had quite some longevity. Props to her for, for being able yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, because it's just about, like, looking good and presenting yeah. something. Like, mm-hmm. not going to lie to you. So... I'm not really thinking about what round it is. When you're there, like, because, you know, you've covered fights. Uh, you, you see that, you know. Yeah. You've, you've been ringside, and it's like, how the fuck else do you know? Because your head is down, and you're scoring, and you're, you're writing, and doing all this other stuff. How the fuck do you know what round it is? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> like, and that's... You really don't, actually, unless someone's actually actively going around and telling you. Because even if it's on the scoreboard, you, you kind of you kind of don't know. You kind of yeah. just don't know because you're not looking at that. There's no really way to the real way to actually tell someone what's going on. It's like they have a real job, yeah. and it makes sense. Uh huh. And, and they and, just. And, I mean, yeah, let's let's just call it what it is. I'd be willing to bet that the majority of the MMA audience is probably adult males, and that you're yeah. probably more likely to get them to look at a ring card, you know, if there's a girl holding it, rather than some guy that looks like he'd be your, you know, like your uncle or something. Like, I, right. I mean, not that that really matters, but I just, I, I don't think that they, they're, it's, it's not to exploit women, you know. <laughs> like, I just, I just right. think the whole, right. the, the whole and, conversation <clears throat> on the part of people that want them to, you know, it's just mm, seems like, it, it, I guess let me put it this way. 
it seems funny that people are upset about ring card girls in a sport that literally involves you trying to separate your opponent from consciousness. Just seems like you'd be more concerned with the violence, maybe, but I don't know. Right. With people getting punched in the face, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, here's here's my take on it. Here's my tech. Here's my take on it. Now, just ask them. Ask them if they want to do it or not, because they're getting they're getting paid good money to do this and good exposure. You sit in a fucking chair and they're not wearing like they're wearing a a little less than. uh, uh, They're wearing a little less than uh, girls over at uh, Hooters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know why they call it Hooters when you're wearing booty shorts. I'm definitely looking at your ass, not your titty. <laughs> I don't care about a white shirt with a, a owl on it. And they had the worst logo. It's like the Tootsie Roll owl, you know. Yeah. And but anyway, <laughs> they they're wearing a little bit less than that. And you complaining about it? Like their cheeks? I mean, the, the I mean they're little out just a little bit, but that depends on how like skinny the person is, you know, yeah. and what size they got. But like I don't find it any more. Uh, attractive than like someone in in um ring in in the ring at uh you know uh, WWE now I now that's a little bit different because the the female wrestlers now like that's what I would if I was anyone I would complain if I had to complain about anything like if I was part of a feminist movement or something like that first thing I'd do is say why is Alexa Bliss wearing these little ass shorts because. There's no way men are really thinking about, oh, she's fantastic in the ring because everybody says how terrible she is. So she's wearing those little shorts. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. kind of like, so, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure those ring girls want to do that because they don't have to go out and perform routines like, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders do. And if you ever watch that show where they, you know, I forget what channel is on. You ever watch the show where they show where people are be trying out for the to be Dallas Cowboys? Man, that's brutal. It's really brutal. They like, oh man, she came to practice overweight. It's like, damn, like I'd take her. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean she's overweight? She jiggled. I mean, but the crazy part about it is they're correct because if you're on TV, there's a certain perception. You jiggle a little bit, you know, like Roy Nelson yeah. knows about that. <laughs> he was yeah. jiggling all over the place. And and Joe Rogan. Did the, did the male equivalent to that? He would always say, "Man, if he just dropped weight, he'd be such who who knows where he would have been." So I do understand that you don't want to put uh, these ring girls and other women through that. You don't want to subject them to things like that because somebody's got to be saying something like, "Oh, like even somebody might even take offense to what you said." Say, Ariana's got to get out of there because she's been in the business a while. What happens when she yeah. gets crow's feet or something like that? Or you know what? What yeah. happened after she's a mom or something like that? Like now we won't look at it the same. You know? Yeah. So and, I, and I, I get it. I wouldn't bring that up for other professions, but I just I, I, and I wasn't even trying to insult her when I said that. It really just always. No, has, I understand. You know, she's been she. You know, she has this job that requires on her looking a certain way, and she's just managed to maintain it for so long. I just th- you know, if you would have asked me ten years ago if I thought that. You know, it just seems just kind of the the trade that it is, you know, like with the cheerleaders. Usually they're young, you know, like they, they replace the cheerleaders. And it's just it's like it's a certain type of image that they go for. And I think it's, it's interesting that yeah. she's been able to th- this has been a career for her, which is kind of, you know, strange. But she's spent, I mean, 10 plus years doing this. So it's not like it's just some, uh, 
you know, you hear that some of those the Cowboys cheerleaders or just NFL cheerleaders in general don't get get paid very much. Yeah. Whereas uh, Ariane, you know, maybe she's she's having to wear less than some people would like, but it's actually, you know, I think overall it's been pretty good for for her. And uh, I'll stop <clears> talking <throat> about her age now. But yeah. Well, no. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But that's that's actually it. Actually, is more endearing because I'm like, damn, ten plus years. I mean, what does she have? She's the face. She's as much the face of UFC as Chuck exactly. Liddell. Exactly. Exactly. More, and that, that's, probably more so because she outlasted Chuck Liddell. Exactly. You know there, there are people that watch, you know, UFC, you know, years ago when Chuck Liddell was fighting around that time that if they haven't watched it in that amount of time, they could turn it on a day and they could be like, damn, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of people that would be like, is that that same ring card girl? Yeah. Just, yeah. She, she really is kind of as much of a face as, as anybody. She's been there, literally featured maybe more than anybody. And and that's that's a great thing, because when she stops, when she's done. She's going to know she knows more about fighting than you and I do, even oh, yeah. if she even if she wouldn't know how to, like, you know, put it in certain terms. If she never stepped in the gym for that shit, who cares? She has more fighting knowledge than um, anybody we could probably name. That's yeah. not any non fighter, any non fighter besides Joe Rogan. And but just I, imagine I, 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 I still the... count him because, you know, he's you know, he's a black belt and all that. But yeah, I, I imagine the book that she would be able to write, though. I mean, it's just literally she's seen every yeah. single person come and go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, that would be, that would be incredible. I mean, if you look at like well, we, we brought up the cheerleaders and uh, there's a few, you know, uh, ex cheerleaders that made it into the WWE and they've been champion. Uh, Carmella, she, she was SmackDown champion. She's dating uh, Corey Graves now, the announcer, and she has her own wine coming out. <laughs> I mean. Shit, yeah, sure. If you were, oh, I was exploited as a chili. Exploit me so that I could be champion of something and didn't have my own line coming out, okay? Like, please exploit me. I'm waiting yeah. on it. I just want one person to exploit me. So I, I just, sometimes we got to bring up these frivolous things in sports so we yeah. can show people that it's just entertainment and why it's entertainment, why it's good entertainment, and that the bullshit is literally, the bullshit like that does not matter. Because I'm here to watch a motherfucker get knocked out. Yeah. And, and you know, it's easy to, to to bring that up from the outside looking at Ariane or any of the ring card girls and, and to say all that. But it's it's probably different if you know them. And and I mean, assuming it now, you know, I'm assuming it's been a positive experience for all of them. I'm sure it's it's much different if you uh yeah. if you've actually experienced the the positive aspects of it. Now, yeah. speaking speaking of being old, like Ariane, Ariane. Exactly. God, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get some shit for that. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually great because I don't know how old she is, but My, yeah. a legacy. <laughs> Didn't even mean to call her old. I don't know. I probably could have worded that better, but I think you got my no, point. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's a veteran in, in the business. Yeah, in the yeah, industry. yeah exactly. She's, she's the most notable. I can't name anyone else that's been doing – I can't even say – as far as a uh, pro wrestler, I can't even name someone right now that's been doing that as long as she has, you yeah. know, just right there doing that. All of them are gone. Trish Stratus just came back to have her last match, you know, but like she's ha- literally outlasted everyone. So, but speaking of all of that, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up on this note. Uh, why, why aren't the pops the wrestlers are getting now like the one Stone Cold got on Monday. I don't know if you can watch Monday's Raw, but that in Madison Square Garden, but it the roof tore off of that place. And 
I want to know, is it because it's just Stone Cold? Uh, you know, because Stone Cold started that. And I think we got to get to some Mount Rushmore stuff because I think this might be an easy question to ask. So I'll follow up with it. But is it because it's just Stone Cold or is it because the WWE doesn't know how to book a babyface? Or is yeah. it a combination of both? I think it's a combination. I think part of it is that, you know, when I personally put it on there, there's no... You know, if, the, if if I'm entertained, it's the show itself that entertained me more so than any one aspect of it, like any one guy. Um, and then with Stone Cold, you know, I think it's it's easy. You know, as a kid, there's this concept of, uh, you know, WWE will call them legends. And it's these guys yeah. that you know you're supposed to cheer for, you know, regardless of what they do. Because you know that they're, they, they're really popular. They're really important. And you might not know what for. But you, you, you only know that you're supposed to love them and you've never been exposed to them enough for you to not really care. So that's why when a guy like Stone Cold comes back, you know, it's like, oh, the, the, there's this legend coming back and you freak out for him. And he's so sporadic with his appearances that you only ever get those positive feelings. Whereas somebody like a Roman Reigns, you know, when he was in the Shield, a lot of people liked him. But as it wore on, it just became Roman Reigns. And he's, he, you know, he's more of a contemporary wrestler. So somebody like him, you know, people in the stands, they know how they feel about him. They know that they're not crazy about him. Or Stone Cold, you know, maybe people aren't even really familiar with his work. They just know that he's this legend that they're supposed to love him. And uh, I think that's an aspect of it, too. You know, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think you, you, you hit, the, you hit the, uh, the nail on the head. I, I also... I think that there's, you know, there's certain people, no matter who, like you say, the legends, they just, I want to, I want to get, I, I want, let me take it a little bit out of that. Um, so there's guys, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about Stone Cold getting a pop he got. Now, how could you put greatest of all time with certain people? Like Hulk Hogan in ring, we didn't get to see he wasn't doing the things Seth Rollins was doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I get that. And, 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 and it, well, at least he wasn't doing it in WWE because he actually did that stuff over in Japan, which was crazy. But <clears throat> we didn't, we didn't get to see that in ring stuff from him. But however, he's an untouchable legend, uh, legend, uh, in the industry, him, Ric Flair, uh, uh, macho man, they're, they're icons, they're pop culture icons. I was I, I can think of those three. I couldn't really picture a fourth that was so transcendent that we still say we speak of him today. And then I came to Stone Cold, right? I said, well, yeah, Stone Cold, he's the fourth since it's a Mount, Ru Mount Rushmore. And I said, no, it cannot be Stone Cold because he is synonymous with The Rock. You could say he's synonymous with McMahon, too. But the thing is, Stone Cold was as big as he was, that it was partially due to playing off the establishment. He was an anti-establishment guy, so the establishment had to be great, and so did their their paper champion in The Rock. He yeah. had to be great, so they made each other. They don't one isn't as successful, nearly as successful without the other. It's it's just, I mean, you could say that with Stone Cold, he would have been super successful because he played off McMahon, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I see your point. I think it would have been uh, – he really needed the, the other characters for you to really appreciate yeah. him. So, so uh, I, I, I agree with you about Steve Austin. I never really thought about it that way, but that's an interesting point. So when you come – when it comes to 
So my question is, when it comes to Mount Rushmore's, is it better to do them in the wrestling Mount Rushmore? Because pro wrestling is a very different sport than everything. You know, I, like it's it's the only sport you get better in at, at age. Like you yeah. you could be old and you're fantastic. Like Stone Cold stunned someone on Monday. You know, the the only other guy, oh, football quarterbacks, they can still throw the ball. You know, but they can't go out there and play. You know, yeah. um. There, I mean, Brock Lesnar's forty something. He can still play. Look, look at Jericho. I just bring up Jericho. Chris Jericho is a champion. Can't do that in any other at fifty. You can't do that in any other fucking sport. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I just th- I think that's why though the the I think maybe part of your question was going to be if you're on route Mount Rushmore, would you rather it be for like your persona or for your in ring ability? Mm-hmm. Well, it was just that um, I was trying to put someone up there who transcended because we say, woo, we say, oh, yeah, yeah. we talk like that. We talk like Ric Flair. We all, Everybody's talk, spoken like uh, Ric Flair, Macho Man, and Hogan. But I can't think of a fourth person I, that's on their level. I mean, I could say Stone Cold, but the, my, my point was I think we have to get into duos. Because if you say, well, Stone Cold, somebody else will bring up The Rock. And they'll say, well, yeah, it's The Rock, too, because – and they have a valid argument. So I think when it comes to wrestling Mount Rushmore, you have to do it in duos. What's your four greatest duos? Because you can't get away with just saying one person. <sighs> okay. Uh, I mean, with duos, I mean, I'd have to say so, I mean, I guess I would, if it was just my Mount Rushmore, I'd have Hulk Hogan on there. So, I guess the duo, I, mean, yeah. I guess I would rope him in with Randy Savage. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because they, they had the tag team and then they had the feud. And then they had the, the feud. Power. So, yeah, I guess I'd go with them there. Um, let's see. I so got, you can yeah, get I the get... cheat now. Flair Steamboat. See, so you get the cheat a little see, bit. A little bit. I was going to say Flair Steamboat, and I guess I'd, I, that's probably the obvious one. Flair and some, I guess Steamboat, yeah. I mean, who else could it? Okay, so there's those two. Then I'd probably go Rock and uh, Rock and Austin. It just seems obvious. But here, here's my question in terms of the fourth one. And and maybe you don't see this like I do, but I, you know, I kind of got out of wrestling during the John Cena era. Th- w- would you say that uh, who is he synonymous with? Was Orton. there anybody? Randy Orton. Okay, Randy Orton, and that, mm-hmm. that is who I'm going to round mine out with. Because when you were talking about all of that earlier, and let me say that I was never really a big John Cena fan. I just never really got it. Neither was I. My great grandmother has said has done the "you can't see me" thing to me before. Right. I mean, like, and and that's that's kind of my point. It's not that I'm a big fan of him, but you were talking about transcending. You know, I I don't know that John Cena is maybe on the the Hulk Hogan level. I I don't know. It's so hard to gauge because the time. Well, he's the new age Hulk Hogan. He is. If you look at him, he's the new Hulk Hogan. The colorful shirts, the kid stuff. So maybe maybe John Cena goes up there, yeah, because he can't go there for in ring, and 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 the greatest workers. I mean, Macho Man's the best guy on that Mount Rushmore, and then there's Hogan, and I mean, then there's Flair and Hogan, you know. So and then so you don't have to be great, like you say in ring. I, and I knew you were getting somewhere when you said in ring, but continue. Well, just that was just kind of you know I, I think wrestling's just this thing where you know there's been some guys that have been phenomenal wrestlers. Like you know I remember. When I was in uh, when I was in WCW, <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> there was this guy in WCW that went by the name of Blitzkrieg. Did you ever see him wrestle? I can't I can't remember who that it was. I'd probably see him if I saw him. I'd, I'd remember him, but no. 
he was just this really small guy. He went on to be a computer programmer, but I mean, he was this tiny guy. <laughs> he wore this, uh, he wore all this, you know, I think he was just an American, but he looked, he, you know, he wore like the Japanese uh, style, like, um, you know, he'd wear like the big mask. It wasn't really luchador, it was more yeah. like Japanese style. And uh, he just would do phenomenal stuff in the ring. I mean, phenomenal stuff. And uh, he probably only wrestled for two, three years. But I mean, to this day, seeing him wrestle, it's wild seeing him do it. But I wouldn't sit here and try to convince you that he belongs on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, despite his skill. It's just the weird right. thing about wrestling is that I think as great as it is to be a great in-ring performer, you know, it's almost better to, to just be memorable in some way, regardless of how you're memorable. Because uh, there's a lot of good wrestlers, but there's only so many people that are able to to right. transcend. And, and we're able to see, you know, there's a combinations, you know, because we've mentioned Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. You know, nobody, I don't think at least, would compare Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair in the ring. But but right. out of the out yeah, of the I, ring. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, out of the ring, you know, they're, they're, they're both great on that microphone. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's so many combinations that'll get you to that um, that point. I, I See, the, the crazy part is, uh, Hulk, you know, in, you, like you say, in ring is not, it's just, it's, it's not as important when it, when it comes to the grants. The, 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 uh, at the end of the day, John Cena, I, I think you're right. I think he, he would have to be on that fourth. Uh, I wasn't thinking about him because I was thinking about total package, but yeah. his because he was able to take up the mantle of Hulk Hogan and able to do that and really actually get them to where they are today as a company because they needed somebody who was clean cut, military type guy, uh, <laughs> you know, but huge, you know, cut, big, physical dude uh, with a charming personality, pretty much Hulk Hogan. And, uh, to get them there, and um, he got them to where they are, and I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with putting him on the Mount Rushmore. I don't put him on my top 20 wrestlers or 25 mm -hmm. wrestlers or top yeah. 50. I don't. And a lot of people, a lot of people take all of that into account. And I'm like, look, 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 because he ain't better, better than Booker T. He, 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 there's so many people he's not better than in ring. Yeah. And if I'm putting it all together, then his, you know, when, once I said, well, he couldn't do this in ring or that in ring, you know, he, you know, it just takes so much away from him. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when, if I say Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, who the fuck are you? Are you putting Cena up there or Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels? That's why it has to be either duos. Yeah. You know, like that, because, cause you're, it's just so hard to break down pro wrestling. And it, I, I it, see that people have not done this. Can, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I was just gonna agree completely because I mean, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are, are both a big deal, but I just, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but do you think, in terms of mainstream, like in the eyes of the world, do you think Shawn Michaels ever reached the level of like a Hulk Hogan in no, terms of popularity? Absolutely no, okay. absolutely not. And to yeah, be to fine. be fair, <clears throat> El Santo was bigger than him in Mexico. Like, yeah. I mean. He was Michael Jordan big. He transcended all of Mexico and spilled out here. He was mm -hmm. the first. El Santo was the first one to do the superhero movies in America like that. There's actually no end game without El, without El Santo doing those movies because they were actually successful, you know. Like, and he kept doing them. So like that's that's really weird to think that pro wrestling got end game. 
I mean, yeah. but a lot of that stuff, pro wrestling, that's why Sportacus is what it is because pro wrestling never got its fair cut. It's starting to get it right now. It's a billion dollar industry. It's starting to finally get its cut. And and people haven't even broken down a legitimate Mount Rushmore. They haven't mm-hmm. even broken down and come to the fact where if you put that fourth up there, what did you just sacrifice? Now that's the problem. Change the rules. Because because mm-hmm. I know what you were thinking when you now that I know, you, you know, that you we got to where we're going. I was like, oh, shit, you would think of Cena probably the whole time as a fourth flight. Well, John Cena transcends it. But in ring, you're going to take a giant hit. Oh, yeah. And that's you the know? thing. Like, and I, I just kind of try to look, you know, like you look at who like led each era of wrestling. Because, you know, like I know like yeah. Macho Man and Randy Savage. I mean, Macho Man. Okay. Macho Man and Hulk Hogan was a big era. You know, I also thought, you know, like the Hulk Hogan and, and Ultimate Warrior was also a, a big era. But it's like right. for whatever reason. The Macho Man and, and Hulk Hogan, it just seems bigger for some reason. I don't know exactly what it is, but... Because Macho Man was that guy all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and Ultimate Warrior, you know, he, he kind of was that guy, you know? He, he, he changed his name to Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and, and his wife was named Dana Warrior, because I, I, that was really weird. Wouldn't it just be Dana? She can't take a last name. That wasn't... <laughs> Yeah. And, and the first thing I thought, I was like, how you got a wife? Because you're, you're like, how she got a last name to take? Ain't it just Dana now? Because she don't have a last name? Because you don't? But whatever. <laughs> so, I, I'll never forget. This was probably 10 plus years ago. My parents were watching either CNN, Fox News, one of the major news networks. And uh, I don't know what he was involved in, but for whatever reason, Ultimate Warrior popped up on the screen. And it was like, it just, you know, it just said Warrior, former WWF champion, <laughs> yep. whatever. And he was on there to talk about something. I just remember staring at him, just thinking like, wow. Like, first of all, I was like, he was definitely on steroids back in the day because this looks like a different person. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I, and I was always like, I always loved the Ultimate Warrior growing up. So uh, I, I don't mean to insult him, but uh, but it, it just was funny to me seeing him there. It's like, wow, this is that guy that used to charge the ring and shape the ropes and now he's wearing a suit and talking on cnn it was really weird weird. funny to see that he was roided out and huge and the guy was a public speaker yeah (laughs) like and really good one too like not just Mm -hmm. some clown i mean yes he had some horrible things he had to say about people and uh they are not to be taken lightly he said some really fuck like he wanted bobby heenan he's glad about what happened to bobby heenan and Spoke really bad of him, but I think that's an interesting point that you bring up. Is that you know you mentioned Hitler? It's kind of a weird segue. Which you mentioned Hitler at the beginning of the show. <laughs> you mentioned Hitler. And, uh, I read this <laughs> thing one time about how it's like you know he was this horrible person, but he's like without question he was one of the greatest speakers ever because he was yeah. able to yeah. you know go up to this podium and just incite you know uh, all these people that you think are just normal people. He was able to incite them to you know over time it wasn't over overnight but it's over like you know this four five six year period he was able to convince all these normal people that they needed to kill you know all of these people because of their religion and and my point (laughs) bringing him back up is that you know warrior may not have what he was saying may not have always been great but he had like the power of speaking if you will yeah yeah and and you know what that's that's a that's a huge thing you know um <laughs> I that's a perfect place to wrap it up because he, he threw me under the bus. I'm like, wait, well, you had to at the top of the show you mentioned yeah. Hitler. 
just in case anybody forgot. <laughs> right. Hey, remember that time you were talking about Hitler and how great he was? Like, no. It's like, that's not what I said, but. Yeah, not exactly. That's out of <laughs> no, context. But, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you're, you're exactly right. And um, I'm the great part about doing this show is it actually does come full circle like that quite a bit. That we'll end up going all the way around. We, we've been doing the show for about an hour and a half. And we circled all the way back around to what we were just talking about, you know. And um, yeah, nobody's gonna forget what Ultimate Warrior said. He definitely said some bad stuff, um, and you know, like about Katrina victims and stuff like that. That's not something uh, people are gonna forget or let go. Um, but it's very important to say let's not let go of the things, the good things that he gave yeah. us as well, because yeah, I can harp on him all day long for the, how horrible he was. But I mm -hmm. can tell you, I thought that being strong and he, cause he was with Hulk Hogan, all of these, yeah. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, um, Ultimate Warrior, all of them were roided out, right? All of them were doing tons of blow and hookers and stuff. Did I do that shit? No, I didn't know they were doing that. And I'm glad <laughs> I didn't know, you know, because I didn't yeah. do any of it. And, and, and Hulk, Ultimate Warrior helped with that. Because he, I assumed because they hung out that he didn't do drugs either. Because <laughs> like, that yeah. was his dumbass assumption. Even even while I was watching it as a kid, I'm like, eh, he's probably doing something. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> this guy's doing, but he's, he's like looking at he had too many. Right, he's had too much sugar, Dad. That's because <laughs> you look at your parents and you're like, what? So I just, I just eat a bunch of sugar and vitamins, and I'll be just like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, right? <laughs> it's like, uh. Might be more to it than that, but I know what you mean, though. Well, yeah, you know, I just, um, it's just, we got to remember to keep things in perspective and the things in perspective. I guess this is my, <laughs> my, um, Jerry Spring Springer, uh, final word or final thought. It, it's just, you know, I, I like to, to, to reiterate in Sportacus as much as I can that, you know, people put their life on the line to entertain us. And I want to say that no one's done that more than professional wrestlers. So when people do come to me and they say, well, why do you love wrestling so much? It's because they gave me the much that they gave me the most. And the fact that my son said, hey, you know, we'll be back in time for wrestling. I go, man, wow, that's crazy. And I, I, I think back to the first thing I ever bought him for his first birthday. It was a life size. Uh, well, his life size. Uh, Seth Rollins action figure, you know, <laughs> and um, so on on the on the cover art it had Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins, and I could have got any. I like all those guys except uh, Roman Reigns, obviously. Yeah. I like all those guys, and I go, damn, who do I get him? Brock Lesnar's great. I got his action figure. That's fantastic. I got Triple H. I got Brock Lesnar. Love them, you know. But Triple H was the past. Brock Lesnar was kind of the past, you know, but, you know, the past, but transitioning and whatever you want to call it. And yeah. I said, well, who's the future? Who's that dude? And I got him Seth Rollins. And uh, I got him um, after that. I went to thrift stores. I got him a belt. I got him the ECW belt, the title belt. You know, he couldn't even fit it at the time, you know. <laughs> and then I, I went to other thrift stores and I started to give him the WC, uh, WWE belt that Kofi Kingston wears. And you know what he says? When Kofi Kingston comes out, he says, what? he looks like me. 
Yeah. Now my son has red hair, and uh, my my wife is white. So they don't really look like him, <laughs> but I mean, he's got curly <laughs> hair. He's got curly red hair, <laughs> you know. But but you know the fact that he knows that Kofi's black and he's a black kid, and he's like, yeah. hey, yeah, I like this, and he he does a yes chance with Daniel Bryan. He's always loved Alistair Black's music. Always. Like, that's, always, dude. So that's, that's great. That's such an interesting perspective, though, that he's able to just identify with. You know what I'm like? It's just interesting. Yeah. Because he's, he's so young. And, you know, I don't, when I, I guess at some point you reach a certain, where, where you just stop. You know, to me, it's like I just check to see who the champion is just because I'm interested to see who the champion is. But, you know, I, I remember thinking back to when I was a little kid, like when The Rock used to, come out to like make a save or something like i remember i would get goosebumps and stuff like it's it's so real to you yeah so to see you know for him to be able to experience that that that's pretty cool that he's able to uh i mean and it's just it, and side note it's awesome seeing kofi kingston reach this point in his career he's it been is. around for so long <clears throat> he's done so much it's it's awesome seeing him uh seeing him and, be the guy <clears throat> to finally get the belt and to be fair, as an analyst, I was completely against it because, well, I said the only, and this is, and this is it's very fair that I was because I was like, well, Kofi wasn't booked like this for eleven years, yeah, eleven years, or you know, he wasn't this guy. Now he's this guy. Now Kofi most certainly earned it. And yeah. I said the only way you can make it work is if you book him perfectly, and they have done just that. Uh-huh. I said, and I and I ain't said a damn word about it because it's great. I'm like, wow! If you book him perfectly and don't book him like shit, like a chump, and let him win what he's supposed to win and build him up really strong, then he'll be great. And he's been a great champion, and it is. I I, I like that I was on the other side of that argument, and I like it because you know I'm black. He looks just like me. That's mm-hmm. great, but that didn't mean I had to support him, and yeah. I didn't support him because of the right for the right reasons. And that I didn't support that decision, not him. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, now they now he's a big deal, and now they're making him a big deal. They kind of gender mahal him, you know, like yeah. out of nowhere he just became champion. That's yeah. what they did with gender mahal. They just yeah, and and and, that, and that's fine as long as you book him well. And actually, they booked gender mahal pretty well too. It's just that you know they had they had other booking issues going on with that. But yeah, you know, it's the same uh, same thing. And uh, it, it's just it, it is great to see. You know, that my sons picked up on that and that, you know, we got we both got championship belts. You know, I got them the big gold. He has the big gold, the ECW championship, the 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 the, the old stupid ass silver one that WWE made. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's crazy. So I did an interview with Jack Jack Swagger that uh David McGrath of ESPN. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That, that he got me, you know, he got me that interview. And uh, the first thing I, one of the first thing I was saying was, I was like, well, you know, I got your title, but I get my first, my son's first belt was your title belt, the one you won, the ECW uh, championship. And I said the second one was the uh, the big goal, you know, the WCW won the world title. Uh, and that's how I segued way into him coming back and winning a tag title, which he definitely wants to do because that would make him. It make him a Grand Slam champion. They don't count that Grand Slam anymore, but stupid ass reasons. I don't know why they do that because both Cena and The Rock has those. They they won big gold and they count towards their championship totals. But for some reason now it's oh you're not a Grand Slam champion unless you have this and that. So whatever they change it every couple of years. But yeah, it's 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 great to put wrestling 
at the top and give it its proper respect because they have certainly, most certainly given a lot. And it's great having you on the show because um, I, I thought it was 100% MMA. I thought you might be one of those guys that say, no, man, don't talk about pro wrestling. Don't say it's a sport. Don't do this. Don't do that. I like. I thought you might have these rules. And oh, I was no. gonna. I wasn't gonna steer clear of them. I just wanted to, you know. I was just like, man, you know, like if we hit a landmine, then I can't, you know, I can't go it fully into one thing as I wanted to. But I had no idea you were this avid of a fan, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait till you watch NXT. Have you watched any NXT at all? Not too, too much. I have, I have a buddy who exclusively watches NXT. Like it's like his shit, and he, uh, he's been trying to get me on it. So I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give it a try. You have to, because you know you said you thought you were too small. Oh my God, boy, it's it's people in there, you know, it's people in there that make Rey Mysterio look buff, you know, and swole. You know, it's just it's just it's guys in like Adam Cole. Adam Cole's not a big dude at all. You know, Adam Cole is probably about five seven. He's a average height guy, probably like five eight, uh, probably about maybe one ninety, if yeah. that, if that man, if that one ninety. Solid muscle, all legs, so he'll kick your fucking head out, head off, you know. Um, but yeah, NXT has got a ton of guys you're gonna love, ton of them. It's just wild. Times have just changed so much. Yeah, man. And um, you know, like I said, full circle. It's, it's crazy that when my son said that that uh, he'll be back for wrestling, I was like, no, you won't. There's no wrestling on. I went, it is wrestling yeah. on when. You know, it's on the network right now, which I've missed, but I'll turn that on and watch it. But actually, I'm not going to watch NXT again until it makes its television debut, which is uh, next week. So I, I suggest. Uh, maybe it's not next week. It's not next week. Is it? Yes, it is next week. I suggest that's when you start watching, man. And yeah. what would be dope? What would be dope is to have a show next week, next Thursday, have you on the show. Yeah, I want you on the show tomorrow too. So, uh, to have you on the show a week from now, or a little bit after a week from now, and see what you thought of NXT. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Because that show, because because you're the guy they're going after. Sure, you you know all the history and stuff, but they need your numbers today. Yeah, you know, like sure, you count it back in a day, but now you count more than ever. Because if they can't hold on to you and David and Ray, they don't have that same future going forward. And if they don't have that future going forward, if they start to falter, there's no way that AEW is actually going to make it. Because sports fans, you know, sports are losing fans as a whole. NBA has down TV ratings, NHL, baseball. Actually, I don't know about NHL. I, I think there's up actually. Sorry, um, but they just got their TV deal, so they're they're new, um, yeah. like relatively new. They had a TV deal for NHL ten years, uh, ten or eleven years. That's it. I remember because the year I left, or, or I, I left in uh, Chicago, and I moved here to California in July, two thousand eight. And they was like, hey, we got a TV deal. We're going to put the Blackhawks on TV. I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, why wouldn't I leave? Like, why wouldn't I leave when you put Blackhawks game on? You know, like, that's crazy to me. But, uh, you know, um, 
baseball's definitely down. They got to shorten the game. NFL is down. The, the juggernaut that they are, the NFL is down. UFC doesn't do big numbers like they used to. Yeah. So, so all of the ratings for sports are declining. All of them. So uh, they definitely need people like you. They need your vote. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see that. With that, drop your drop your Twitter, drop your show. Where uh, can you can find you. You can find me on Twitter at the Scope uh, MMA, and then that's what the show's called, just the MMA Scope. You just switch the Scope and the MMA, and uh, yeah, I bullshit on Twitter and uh, on podcast, and uh, yeah, I appreciate this. This was a good time. Uh, this is Sporticus, and you've been sports entertained. You can find us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all at Sporticus Live. That's Sport I C U S Live. Sporticus Live. See you there.